Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is a wonderful episode with a friend of mine, Justin Willman, who uh, some of you may know is a uh, not only a TV host but a magician. Magic comes up from time to time on the show, and I think people know by now that I am a big Magic fan, and it was really, really fun to talk inside baseball with Justin. There's some weird moments in here where we're just kind of discussing tricks, and I was like, let's leave it in there. It kind of reminds me of the New Yorker episode, the New Yorker cartoon episode with Alex Gregory and Matt Diffie, where we talked about cartoons a lot. We talk about magic a lot. Of course, we talk about the other things as well. But uh, if, if, I, if I were about to listen to this, I would be way into it. I hope you are, too. Uh, here's the ad. First of all, uh, Pete Holmes Show is currently taping. If you want free tickets, go to PeteHolmes.com slash tickets. <laughs> Took me a second to remember. PeteHolmes.com slash tickets for free tickets. We can always tell when weirdos are in the audience. Please, please, please come out if you're going to be in the L.A. area and come to a live taping of the Pete Holmes Show. For those of you who have been before, we used to just do one episode. Now we do the content of a couple episodes, so it's a longer experience. And I mean that in a good way. It used to take about half an hour. Now it takes closer to an hour, and it's more fun, more comedy, more content, and uh, just a good time overall. Um, so come get a hug. Come to, come to a live show. PeteHolmes.com slash tickets. The, uh, the official sponsor of this episode is Squarespace. You've heard this before. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. Squarespace is constantly updating the platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and tons of style options you can adjust so you can really create your own space online. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and it starts at just $8 a month, which includes a domain name if you sign up for one year. For a free trial and 10% off your first uh, first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code WEIRD3. That's weird, and then the number three. Squarespace.com. Thanks for sponsoring this episode. Guys, enjoy fellow weirdo Justin Willen. And of course, be sure to watch The Pete Home Show every night, Monday through Thursday, after Conan, on TBS. Enjoy. One more thing, guys. Justin is headlining Cobbs in San Francisco on March 30th, my birthday. So go celebrate my birthday. <laughs> Why do I have to make it about myself? Forget that it's my birthday. Go see Justin Wilman at Cobbs in San Francisco on March 30th. Okay, now enjoy the episode. Would you mind sitting here, Justin? I'm sorry. I'm just trying to figure out. This is the first time in the new studio. Yeah, it looks like we're in the waiting room of a beautiful hotel. And I mean that in a in a, in a good way. Very hip hotel, very like some. Yeah, we're in Brooklyn, the W Brooklyn. Ooh, I don't yeah. no no New York hotel is that great. I'm gonna take a sip of coffee. You please have one. Uh, I I love a good hotel. That's my, one of my favorite things in the world. I walk. It's like reclaimed wood in here. It's like from an old barn. Yeah, reclaimed wood. It's That's a, it's going for it. It's a catchy phrase. <laughs> what, what, yeah, what does that mean? Recycle? Yeah, well, like they, they'll tear down a you know hundred year old barn, and then we, they'll use the wood in you know some modern home. Which means these are probably like they have memories. These probably have memories. These have seen and these have seen crops. I don't care for that. Yeah, I just, I just think it's. <laughs> I came in and I told Katie I was like, I don't like it. You don't like this room? No, I like it fine. There's I no, do feel like we're no in a pictures state. of you. There's no fan art. That's part of it. That's missing. Also, like I always look over uh, to the sliding door and I have the five questions I always like asking hanging up. 
No, Katie. Katie it's ruined. Note. And this is the last episode of this podcast. <laughs> we are done. How are you, man? Um, I'm I'm so glad this is finally happening. But really how are good? Like, how am I? Yeah, really? how do you feel? Um, what's going on? Um, I'm I'm kind of <laughs> nervous because I like this show a lot. Oh, like, okay. I, I listen. I'm a weirdo, so oh. I don't want to come on and like you know fuck up. Yeah, but I want to like be. So I'm I'm gonna give up. I'm gonna let go of that expectation of trying to be a good guest and merge into into the present moment. Yeah, I'm in the moment. Who cares, right? I, I this is. This sounds like just a now. Can you turn, Katie? I am just not getting enough of my own voice. My favorite part of the show. I don't have much pee. Oh, there we go. There, there, there I we am. go. Hey, way better. You know what it is? I hate projecting. You do TV hosting. Yeah, I do. You're a TV I do. host. I project. And you project. So mm-hmm. you're projecting all day. All day. And then you go off and I'm like, all I want to do is be very quiet. Sometimes people say that I yell on the TV show. And you I yell. do. I love watching your show. Oh, come it's on. This show. is really, no, you know, it's not all about starting you, but a, it's starting about you. <laughs> it's starting in a really so good place be, for be me. A good guest suck up right up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Butter the bread Butter before the bread. you eat the bread. Yeah. I'm Your part is the you up. The oh, I like yeah, that very much. <laughs> but there's a lot of projecting and I just figured out that you could turn the monitors up. Monitors of course being the 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 amps uh the the amps. Is that right? The amps? The the speakers. Speakers that are pointing you, towards so you. So you know how you sound. Yeah, and I never thought we did. So you can turn those up so that you don't overcompensate as much. We've done 49 episodes, and on the 49th episode, I was like, could you turn like, me up a little bit? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm yelling. It's the less. quietest episode yet. <laughs> it's more show. like this show. Well, that's why I actually, you just, I think it turned down again. Most of this episode. Raise the monitors. Because you, I heard a click, and then yeah. everything dropped down. And these are all new mics, too. This is, yeah. this is fancy. I don't like it. I don't know. It's, it's very corporate. Turn off phantom power. It's the corporate. scariest kind of power. Do you hear yourself now? Could you turn it up a little bit, both of us? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I hear a buzzing though. You got your mini well there. What do you? Yeah. You want a mini well? Do, do you, you want to try it? it? Really? Can I? You're not gonna like it. All right. <laughs> mini well. Are you psyched? You're gonna buy one. I like it. You're gonna love it. It's mostly. Ginger. I love. Th- I love the. I love things that they don't have to taste good if I know they're healthy. Okay. Yeah. This is that kind of drink. Go slow. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not fucking around, uh, right? It's really... <laughs> it's really good. Oh, man. I it just, hurts so good. It does, right? It's that ginger. It'll wake you up. Really good thing to take a sip of before I talk <laughs> for a couple hours. And there's lemon in there in mm. case you want to really fuck You get these delivered before. to your house? No, I stop on the way over. You pick them up? I had barely enough time to go in. You say, give me the get, usual. Get where, where is this place? No, and I will tell you a little story about where I, when I was at this place. There yeah. was a gorgeous woman. Uh, she, you know, I, I say this in, in a complimentary way. She didn't. I don't want to mean she uh, looked like a porn star in that the way that that could mean. Uh-huh. She looked like a porn star that I was like. I'd like to see your pornography. You know like what I mean? To see like, her body of work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that sounds creepy, <laughs> but she just looked like a gorgeous, but like out there. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. physically slutty. She looks slutty, slutty? Yeah, but like German, like in Germany, I don't think if she was at a Marilyn Manson concert, no, because it was kind of gothy too. Uh-huh. A lot of leather, dark hair, light skin, dark eyeliner, that sort of stuff. Anyway, so she looked. But she's she looked, juicing. She's, she was she's juicing, juicing. And the whole room. Men and women, everybody act differently around one of those, one of those fucking freaks. You know what I mean? Just real, real good. Like the guy who I see almost every day is on his A game. Really? You know what I mean? He's like, you people dress up to come oh, pick up their juice. 
<laughs> oh, you mean him? To impress her. 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 Well, he was. He couldn't dress she's up. She's a she. He, she's a she. Okay. He's a he, but he's already wearing a shirt that says uh, "Gangster Vegan." Okay. Oh, that's pretty wear. good. But the way that he could dress it up was that he started to act. But, but that's that's one thing. Everybody knows that fellas act like you know around beautiful women, especially vegans. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they have the energy. You should have that. a gangster fleegan shirt. I would love that. You should do that. I would love that. Flankster Fleegan. It makes me so glad that you even know. Fleegan. I know that. Oh, I'm, man. I'm writing down Fleegan, writing down Fleegan just so I'll remember Gangster to be like, Fleegan. how nice is that? I, know I would Fleegan. love a shirt that says Gangster Fleegan. Yeah. I should, if I had a pad of paper, I'd write down that. Right, I, yeah, I did. I wrote it down. No, for myself. It's a holiday gift idea for people. Oh, that's a good Flankster gift Fleegan. idea. Thanks for letting me sip your... Like, we yeah, don't know each other that well, and you totally let me have sip that. But that ginger tastes like it sanitizes itself. Oh, yeah. That'll clean. It's like when people are oh, sick good. and they drink alcohol and they're like, it'll water kill, too. It'll that's kill the great. Rest. Yeah, there you go. You're not fucking um, But here's what surprised me is that the woman, the woman that was in the room also was acting differently. More energy. You know, like more effort. Around this woman. Around this woman. So this woman brings out the best in everybody. The best or like the a heightened, most. A heightened version of And everybody. then, you know, in that moment, I considered something that DGP, who you know, my therapist, would have said. Like, uh, I remember I saw a woman and uh, like that in the past and I, I like really wanted to tell her that she looked great. But then I was like, that's just not what uh, pr- proper people do. And then Dr. Gary Patton, who often says who cares, said, who cares? Why yeah. not just tell her that she looks great? Make her day. Yeah, I suppose, or maybe not even make her day, but not negatively affect her day. Just right, be like, right, right. great. But like, I've always been turned off because it's too overt. Like, that woman is gorgeous. So the thought that I had was, are you an actress? This is real vulnerable. It's not that vulnerable, I suppose. But I was like, are you an actress? Because then she'd have to be like, well, I'm a porn actress. And I'll be like, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking creepy, I know. But like, at least like that. But then I was like, even that, which is my stupid, perverted, safe way of, of being involved with her, is, is not as a... It's not bad, first of all. And two, it also wouldn't be bad if you were like a real classy, like smooth guy that was like, hey, you're gorgeous and just went from there. Yeah. If, well, if you're slimy, then it's going to come up slimy. But if you're, if you're authentic and you're coming from a genuine place, you're other just giving people her- seeing. Other That's people seeing you say this to her, yeah, because oh. they know, and then they'd be like, ah, they know the deal, to get laid. right? He's trying to get free juice. They get a little. It's like when people say, "I have to take a shit." I also kind of am like. Fucking relax with that stuff. I don't want to know anything that's churning, wheezing, whirring, or growing in your body uh-huh. necessarily, unless we're close. Yeah, you I always I mean? hate saying I have to go pee because that's not. I mean, men need to stop. Yeah, with the women pee talk. can say pee. Really, I say pee. Don't get me wrong. I'm a real I gotta pee go guy. pee. Yeah, I gotta go but pee. women can't say I gotta go take a shit. They can say I gotta go blast a deuce. <laughs> 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 the gangster, the vegan can say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So, so, but you have a really gorgeous girlfriend. Are you still with her? I do have a gorgeous girlfriend. That's like, yeah. I always think of the movie Moneyball. I don't know if you've met her. I've met her several times. Different girlfriend than you've met. Ooh. But also, she was gorgeous as well. I mean, I'm assuming, unless you've met my current girlfriend several times. I don't think so. I've, only, don't think I've so. met your last But you met my ex-girlfriend, but... Jesse. Who is a very lovely Katie knows Jesse. Um, what does she do? She's a singer. What if we found out that it was her at the, at the juice? Place? I wouldn't be surprised. Jesse does <laughs> no. Look I would have rec- I'd recognize her. High quality porn. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Good Jessie. porn. Good, good porn. porn. Good porn. There's good yeah, porn yeah, yeah. and bad porn. Well, she's gorgeous. But that, the, the thing I was going to tell you was Moneyball, where they go, that picture's no good. He's got an ugly girlfriend. That means no confidence. So oh, you have a hot girlfriend, and that. <clears throat> 
And now a new one translates it. Yeah. To me, actually, I don't want to put it in terms of pegs up, but I, it makes me look at you differently. Really? Yeah. I go, there's Justin, because you're, you're a good looking fellow. Thanks, Pete. Uh, obviously. Likewise. Uh, I, well, thanks. I think you're more classically uh, good looking than I am. And I'm not saying that because I feel bad about how I look. I'm just saying you are like Hollywood good looking. Wow. Deal with Jeez, it. I'm glad just I came here. Wow. Yeah, deal with it. I'll make it about you. Wow. It sounds like a juice bar conversation here. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a good thing. Uh-huh. But it's not assumed that you'll then have a Hollywood good-looking girlfriend, which isn't even really my thing. I see a girl that you like to date, and I go, that's that's just trouble. Well, um, <laughs> do, do you have a girlfriend? Uh, I'm seeing somebody, but, you know, it's not really, like, in stone like that. I, <laughs> wouldn't say, I would say I'm single, but then I also do see somebody, but it's a long distance. Thing. Got it, got it, got it, got yeah. it. Um, well, thank you. I'm glad you like my girlfriends. Yeah, um, you know, you got that. They're both very big fans of you. Oh, Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you and your, your, you and your, your funnies. Um, people love funnies. Yeah, people love funnies. They used to call the comics funnies. All right, keep going. Yeah. Um, what, were, what was I saying? Hot girlfriends uh, and, hot confidences. and confidences. And what it says about you. Oh, man. Um, what do you think it says about you? Is that a consideration? And No. I mean. Photos and shit. You think I want to get an ugly girlfriend to make everyone around me feel better about themselves? Or not even ugly, but like some people. Get it. Get it. I want to get an ugly girlfriend. When you. No. <laughs> When you see, because you could just get one, just go get one. <laughs> They're so easy at the UGG store. <laughs> if you have go get an uggy, uh, the hot girlfriend, you don't see that as a, as a problem. Um, you know, it's a, well lately, like my you know Jesse, my ex girlfriend, was very beautiful, but like in a not like that conventional Hollywood beautiful. She had like very exotic. Look she was to exotic. She was I'll very take exotic. That. Yeah, you like you didn't know what she was. Yeah, she I, was yeah. Mexican. No, she, what she, people thought she was Mexican, but she was Filipino and Irish. Right. So she liked to. You'll never guess that. Drink and punch. Like that was her. That was what her combination. Which one was, was Irish? Those are both Irish. The Filipino punch. I think the Filipino is the punch, and the Irish. They is probably the love drink. drinking too. She likes to drink, punch, and then drink. For all people. And love punch. punching and drinking. But my girlfriend now is like a blonde, like she looks like a, you know, like she's a, more classic, more classic, more classic, classic, uh, mainstream classic. And it's kind of, but, but it's, it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, like, uh, we'll be hanging out or I'll, I'll go to the bathroom at a bar and then I'll come back and there's like some dudes talking to her, Yep, which is kind of nice. Cause she's like, Oh, that's right. That's right. My girlfriend's hot. Right. And, but then I'll walk up and I'm kind of like the fine print and it's like, Oh, like this guy's. Yeah. Yeah. And it's annoying. I'm that guy. You're that guy. It's kind of, yeah. But she's that, also the that guy girl. With the See, you've girlfriend. only just confirmed my whole thing. Look, I date women that are very beautiful to me. Yeah. But I don't know why the neural pathways are set from a young age that I'm like, those girls aren't worth it. I don't always want to be auditioning for them. It's like dating a, I've said this before, it's like dating a, it's like dating a B-list celebrity. It's like dating Polly Shore or something. <laughs> You go to the bathroom. Wait, having a, having a having hot, a hot girlfriend, girlfriend is like, like dating Polly Shore. Wow. <laughs> you come back and people are like, the weasel. The weasel like, got the guy. Fucking hell. Yeah. And you know that she knows, both of your girlfriends knew, that if you ever like start like packing on the pounds or wearing an open robe in public or, or being neglectful, and this should be the case for everybody, but they know that they're like, I could just without, could out. without even a personality, just on virtue of being beautiful. Yeah. Because some idiot will like a personality less beautiful woman. That's true. More than a personality. So maybe woman. maybe it's uh, having a, a desirable girlfriend keeps you in check. Therefore, mm. it keeps me wanting to earn. But this goes her back presence. to why it's a good pitcher, Moneyball. That he doesn't mind the competition of it. He's confident. He's confident. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like a confident guy, but I don't want to have to assert my confidence constantly coming back from the bathroom, as you said. Yeah. I said, well, this came up. On the show one, I love, uh, what's her name? Kate Upton is just so gorgeous to yeah. me. 
And I can't say that enough. I yeah. just want to get oh that out God. there. I want the to get to video. Yeah, all of them. All the, all the I know videos. that video. All right, yeah. yeah, they're fucking fantastic. That was not a deep cut, I guess, when it comes to K-Dub. It's not that a deep was, cut. That was the top. You type K into t- YouTube. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Did you mean? You know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> and Cavolution of Dance. I don't know why somebody missed That was a weird joke. It didn't make sense. Cavolution of Dance? Yeah, it's another pop. I'm with you. Internet. No, I know. Judson Lapley is his name. Really? The Evolution of Dance guy. You know him because you're I know, in Magic NACA. World. No, no, no. NACA oh, World. NACA. NACA World. I just thought because he, is he a comedian? He's uh, he's a comedian. He d- he does uh, motivational speaking, motivational dancing, I think. But he's the Evolution of Dance guy, which is the most viewed YouTube video ever. That's so bizarre. Nice guy. That's so weird. Yeah. Seeing as there's YouTube videos of like busty Japanese girls. Reading he's the one. He's the, the OG. He, he, he made yeah, it first. Top views. That's nuts. Yeah, that guy. We'll get to that. We'll get to magic. I can't wait to talk about magic and, yeah. and NACA and that whole other <clears throat> world, very similar to this world, the stand-up world. Mm-hmm. And I know you do comedy. I don't know. I don't know if you resent me separating those worlds. I hope not. No, 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 because they they exist separately, completely. Yeah, and they see, rarely exist well together. Yeah. So it's kind of they're definitely two unique worlds. Magic comedy is almost like youth pastor comedy or pastor comedy or public speaker comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is more patter to it, and there's certainly a, a lot more talent. I think. Well, and you don't necessarily have to be as funny when you're doing comedy with magic you can get away you can get big laughs without necessarily having great writing and i'll say this if you do a joke that someone else's nobody gives a shit nobody's like oh yeah louis dane stole louis bit and jerry the juggler like nobody gives a fuck right they're kind of considered this comedy is the bonus if you if you laugh it's a bonus on top of it's a bonus or or, right you know uh getting the the message yeah right the is that what you guys say well no i was saying in terms of it being a youth pastor oh oh, i thought the the trick being consumed was called the message the message but i like that yeah it works but that so it's being a funny but you seem like a different thing you're not like a funny magician you're like a funny guy it's almost like you have to say, we're not a Christian band, we're a band. We're a band that happens to be Christian. You're not a comedy magician, you're a comedian who does magic and a ma- magician who does comedy. Thank you, yeah. I mean, I think I've always been I've, I've always been a magician who occasionally happens to be funny, and then within the past couple of years, I feel like, you know, it takes a while for a magician, I think, to find a comedic voice, because we're, like, I guess a comedic voice comes from authenticity, but as a magician, we're inherently always being dishonest, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm never really telling you what I'm doing. There's always something going on that you people, don't know about. Yeah. But in great comedy, you know, it comes from you being brutally honest and then people relate to that and they, they know when you're being true. Unless it's not. Unless it's not. You know what unless I mean? it's totally farcical, of course, like that. But right. then but but with magic, I think um because we know that I'm you know, because basically what I do is I, I'm a liar, uh it's harder to find that authentic true voice while simultaneously lying to people. Are you, that's so interesting to me because I don't necessarily – I don't have this thought, thought out yet. Mm-hmm. But I don't think of you guys as liars, good magicians, because I'm going to pitch this to you. Okay. And it's not just a butter your bread. Pitch it. You are lying. The balls are – I mean like foam balls are, – are in your other hand. But aren't you also telling like seven truths at the same time? Meaning, isn't this what a hand at rest looks like? And isn't this yeah. what I sound like when I'm being casual? And is, isn't this what you expected? You know what I mean? So you get, that's three. I can't think of all seven. And then there's one surprise. So even though you're seeing something, you're being deceived, you're also looking very closely under the microscope of regular human behavior, which is the most fascinating thing to me about Absolutely. Hand. Absolutely. I mean, like, um, <clears throat> you know, Robert Houdin said that, that a magician is a, an actor playing the part of a magician. So That's I so feel interesting. Like... I always thought that was Houdini. I'm glad you're clearing oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, for real. Did you know there are two different guys? No. So Robert Houdin was this uh, French magician that Houdini idolized and stole his name from. Shut 
Yeah. No. Shot true. Go. Yeah. Go, go. Houdini. I love it. Keep yeah. going. So, um, yeah, I, that's more credit than I often give to it because I think, you know, it's just kind of what we do, but we really do master uh, normalcy. Yeah. Because, you know, you, your eye will go to anything subconsciously that seems out of place and you don't even have to think about it. I mean, right. it just happens. So, right. Yeah, we kind of do master patterns of speech and interaction so that everyone everything you know so that the surprise goes unnoticed yeah it's so good yeah and of course that's where the parallel and i make this parallel all the time i'm not making it for your benefit you've listened to the show you heard this yeah magic and comedy are very very similar especially as you were saying farcical magic uh farcical comedy is a type of magic you're like take jesselnick Mm -hmm. he has that joke where he goes i i asked my mother (laughs) i can't really do i asked my mother for a, a motorcycle she said your uncle died in a motorcycle accident. You can just have his. Yeah. Right? So that, that is more like a magic trick. First of all, that's not true. Because it's like, here's the coin. Is it in this hand? Exactly. And you know where it's going. Oh, it's not in that hand anymore. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's, so that's also a deception. Yeah. And it starts with pick a card, which is just like, I wanted a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I asked my mother for a motorcycle. That's you looking at a regular card. Mm-hmm. Put it back in the deck, and the deck is now all... Picture, it's a, pictures of them. It's a different like color yeah, deck. The deck and you is go, now an elephant. Or you can just like have that. his. And yeah. that, that's exactly what you're dealing with. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. It's kind of like magic is also, um, you know, like, uh, like s- s- uh, strip clubs are kind of like magic. Like you go in there and you want to believe that what you're seeing, you want to believe those boobs are real. Yeah. You want to believe these women will go yeah. home with you. Yeah. But you know it's not true. Right. It's like this willing suspension of disbelief. And it is like a, a beautiful. It's a, it, it gets a, it, it gets to a beautiful truth at heart, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. It's like like your your bit about magic. You know, like we know that this guy is not a wizard, right? But we really like to believe that there's something more for a second. We also know that the man in the play playing with Willie Loman on yes. a Friday second show also did a matinee or you know Saturday. Mm-hmm. What would also have done a matinee is not actually crying. You know, like fucking lighten up. It's yeah. okay. Like, that's pretend, the strippers pretend, the comedians pretend. You know, as much as I like to try and do transparent comedy, there's still a shit ton of stuff that you're just kind of like trying to be normal, be normal, be normal, so you can get them with something. But people, I think, uh, are, people get really extra guarded around magic. Like, you know, they don't go to Avatar and and call out when it's fake. Well, actually, when they do, they're like, oh, that's fake. There's not a thousand Mr. Smiths. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, no, that's CGI. Exactly, exactly. I can beat it. Exactly. Keep going. But But magic, people take it as an affront to their own intelligence. Like, somehow, what I'm doing is I'm really trying to pull off that I'm smarter than you. So do guys, typically guys, in that joke, I don't even know if I said it when I did Conan. I think I did. It's I've, I've tip- heard it a couple times, Pete. Uh, it's typically men that are threatened by it mm-hmm. because you're manipulating their Magnets. body. That's that, yeah. that's right. So, but women are like in the bit I go. There is something more, right? Similarly with comedy, I love female. Fan- I love male fans too. But they're going to be guys like me. They're going to be typically more of a beta sort of you know mix of both. You know that like that that I consider myself mm-hmm. because it's the guys that don't want you putting your hand up their girlfriend's skirt through entertainment. You know what I mean? Like you getting a big response. You know what I mean? Like if you watch gorillas do it. Well, it's just if you a being gr- the center of attention, you getting these laughs right. and joys and, and not everyone's profession, I think, gets applause. You right. know what I mean? They don't get that applause. And, and we're it, really lucky. And, and I guess some you know people who may be a little more insecure can get really jealous about that. Absolutely. Yeah. 
But if like uh, what I was saying was if you saw a gorilla and then a, a gorilla and a and a lady gorilla mm-hmm. and that gorilla goes up to those that couple, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and he takes out a banana and does a little trick with it. Okay? And if the male gorilla <laughs> instead of applauding just punched the the magic gorilla in the face, no one would be like, "What's his problem?" They'd be right. like, "That's how That's it nature. is." The only reason it's we're all not like standing up and being like, "What's your fucking problem? You want to fuck my girlfriend?" is because we have civilization. Yeah, you yeah, know you're I mean? right. Similarly with comedy, it's also manipulative. It's all I, you know, I always make the sex analogy, but I think especially why are magicians so sexual? Leather pants, the David Copperfield sort of stereotype, moving his fucking hips to mm-hmm. make the the handkerchief go up and down. Mm-hmm. It's because you're manipulating someone's body and making them make involuntary sounds. As a magician? As a magician, which is very similar to to doing something sexual. Having sex, yeah. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Deal with it. Wow. Right? We're puppeteers. You're you're puppeteering puppeteering. the audience. You're playing them like an instrument. Well, yeah. You In your uh, interview with um, uh, the National guy, you mentioned that great quote. I don't know who, who, I can't remember who said it. Regan. Regan, yeah. Who Regan, who said that, you know, comedians playing the audience like an instrument. So I guess as a magician. Stole his name from the French comedian Regard. Regard. (laughs) Laser, Regini, the great Regini. Um, yeah, that's what we are. I mean, we're manipulators of emotion for right, sure, for right. sure. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, ooze and ahs, man. And then when uh, Copperfield dated uh, Claudia Schiffer, or mm-hmm. still did, does I don't no, know. did 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 nobody was surprised because you're like, well, he's magic. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying David he's Copperfield. Very, he's a very good looking. He's man. a good looking man, but he's but... so much more good looking when he's in the air. You know, when he's flying <laughs> around, you're like, there he goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you yeah, yeah, that's funny. So you go. That goes back to the first thing we were talking about: magic. Did you get into magic to meet girls? Um, no, I think I got into magic because I couldn't meet girls. Yes, and I had free time. You know what I mean? I was I didn't know how to have a conversation with girls, so um, <clears throat> I took magic lessons. Well, it started because I was twelve. I was trying to be a daredevil to impress girls by riding my bike with rollerblades on. Oh wow! Yeah, you ever done this? So <laughs> no. I'm pedaling with rollerblades with that? some girls in my neighborhood. I have, and I flew over the handlebars and I broke both arms at the same time. So I was in casts for six months. Did that have anything to do with 12. wearing the rollerblades? Or yeah, is that the, just the brakes of the rollerblades got caught in the bike. Oh, I'm a good biker. Yeah. Not a good bike blader. Uh-huh. So I was in cast for six months, and this, this magician came to Children's Hospital in St. Louis, and I was a captive audience, and uh, <clears throat> just kind of got bit by the magic bug. And my doctor recommended, he's like, you should maybe learn more card tricks to get your dexterity back. So that was like the nudge, and then I, then I became obsessed with magic. So do you remember the tricks he showed you? Um, Any of them? Yeah, he did like, there's the, the ball and vase where you stick a little, ro- no, actually the rope in the vase, you put a rope in into the, the bottle then you let go and the bottle's clinging to the uh-huh. rope there's a little rubber ball in there that's how it works oh you know what I mean spoiler spoiler I love like, it sorry sorry no I, every time good I trick see, every time I see Boogie Nights I'm like there's gotta be some sort of you know he pours the champagne I don't remember that moment he pours a glass of champagne oh and then he lets go of the and glass. then he lets go of the glass yeah. and it's, and it's mm-hmm. hovering mm-hmm. while it's still pouring you don't have to ruin good all trick. these tricks. It's I a good trick. that one. But that, the ball in the vase is pretty basic. Ball in the vase, pretty basic. So this guy wasn't like phenomenal. He wasn't, no, not like a, not like a great famous magician. But he took me under his wing. His name was Dr. Magic. He had a big white beard. Dr. Magic. Jerry Hughes was his name. Yeah. But he performed as Dr. Magic. And then in December, he was Santa. Okay. Yeah. You so know. he was magic year round. He was magic year round. <laughs> but uh, he worked the beard. And then, uh, so I took magic lessons at this uh, magic shop in St. Louis called Gibbles. It was half magic shop, half adult bookstore. 
Wow. Because, you know, you can't, they couldn't pay the Either rent way, on one thing, of those things. Things are levitating? Yeah, and I had to have my mom with me. I'm with you. Yeah. That's all right. Fine. Um, you had to have your mom with you. I had to have my mom with me in order to enter the magic shop because it was an 18 plus thing. Oh that's where God. I take magic lessons, like very awkwardly with my mother. Can, I, there, can we just talk? those on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Can we just talk about the beauty of a magic shop? It's the best thing ever. It, it's built, right? Yeah. It's built in. It's like that, uh, in, you know, the scene in Pee Wee Herman, Pee Wee's Playhouse, mm-hmm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, so, yeah. where he goes to the magic shop. Yep. I mean, it really is that. You go in there and it's like these wondrous wares that you can. And and then the guys there know how to do the tricks. Yeah. They're young guys usually and one mm-hmm. older guy. It's like the Steve Martin's book. Mm-hmm. Has there better, ever been a more mythological understanding of going as a young squirt to the magic shop? And just seeing the teenage guy and the old guy, and they show you it's 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 just like Mickey Mouse learning from the wizard. That's what, yeah. I mean, because they take you behind the curtain when you buy the trick, and they it's teach beautiful. you how to do it. It is beautiful. It is, Hopefully and it's like a clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with the dildos. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then ma- But then to get your point about meeting girls, magic. Then because I didn't know how to have a conversation, magic became. Uh, the context for communicating with girls. So instead of having to like strike up uh, some sort of topic, I could just do a trick and then you know. Let's talk about my crutch. Well, we got we got to be honest. Which which kind of tricks? Card tricks are decent, but you do look weird for having a deck of cards on you. Are you waiting for them to come up, or are you just carrying with you? Well, no, I always had deck of cards as a kid. I even had a little purse with coins in it in my pocket at all times. I love that so much. Yeah. Can I tell you the first time I saw a coin trick? That was done with a shell. Again, none of these are mm-hmm. spoilers. Spoiler. I, I, I hope not. Right. But some, if you can think of a coin that's hollowed out, mm-hmm. and then a smaller—I'm I'm not telling you this—a smaller coin can go in that. Yep. So f- that side up, it looks like it's that coin, and then if you flip it over in your hand, it looks like two coins, right? Because now we have another coin printed on. It's too complicated. The first time I saw that, there's something. Well, what did you see? Did you see the trick, or you just saw the gimmick? I saw the trick. This is back in the day when you'd get a video that showed you how to do one trick, mm-hmm. and there'd be a preview for another trick, and you mm-hmm. could order that trick, and I would order it, and it came, and I was like, "This is incredible!" Like the stuff that they do. But there's a real like going to a weird secret library and pouring over old manuscripts, learning these. Thanks. Sorry to interrupt. So you had the point, the coin purse. Yeah. Well, no, you, the, the world of magic. I'm glad you. It's. it's I didn't know you. It's were, invigorating. So. You didn't it know it's invigorating. I love. Did you do it. shows? Did you ever do a show? The, well, what drove me, uh, what interested me earlier is you said something about being nervous about this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I can't believe that because I've never been more nervous in my life than when I would just show one friend a magic trick. Really? Oh God. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember that. The worst. The worst. So I I have a very vivid memory of sitting on my bed and my my heart beating through my chest while what my best friend in the world just came up the stairs because I felt like I had a gun with one bullet in it and I was going to shoot him and I had to shoot him just right mm-hmm. or he would hate me or yeah. or see it or see the trick. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing worse than him seeing the trick. You, That's the worst. I remember fucking up a trick. Tell I, me the I, trick. Like in the um, they called it the commons in high school, so where all the kids would hang out during their off hours, and I did a trick where they sign the card, goes back in the deck, I rubber band it, and I throw the deck at the ceiling. Yep. And one card sticks to the ceiling. And the deck falls, and it was the wrong card. And and everyone's gathered around. Everyone's like waiting, and then yeah, big fail. But that's I, why magicians quit. That's that's. That I believe that. But yeah. here's, I bet maybe you can't think of it right now, but I know you have a story because I I think it's just a thing in magic where something like that happens. And you act like that was supposed to happen. Sure. And you improvise and an ending. And your card is changed to the six of clubs. 
<laughs> but there are tricks that have the fake ending. Yeah, no, there's totally. I mean, that's where I think a lot of great bits have probably come from. Uh, well, you, yeah, just like you probably will, you know, some crowd work bit will will have a huge punchline that becomes part of the act. So mm-hmm. some mistake in the magic show. I have to think of a, a good example. Yeah, no, that I didn't becomes, mean to put you on the spot. Becomes part of the, the shtick. Yeah, so tell me. So you're carrying the coins. Yep. Which is already first of coins. You think would take you one step away from meeting a girl. Yeah. And you have the cards on you. Mm-hmm. Fake thumb. Always. You can't be. Do you have a fake thumb on you right now? <laughs> Would, now, would you gain or lose respect? I would for gain me respect if I did. For you. If I did, and I, is it like a custom-made one, or is it just regular out of the back of the comic book? I really have one. So good. I really, now that's I don't yours. always. That's well, it's just a fake thumb because there it is. So that's cool. it. It's just this is, and you've been putting cigarettes out in it. That's my favorite trick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite trick. Well, that's a trick you can do anytime, anywhere. When I was going to ask you, spoiler alert, Justin. Yeah, Pete. When I was going to ask you mm-hmm. what your favorite trick is for meeting girls, mm-hmm. it was fake thumb cigarette trick. We're just going to have to put a disclaimer that some tricks are going to get some ruined. tricks. Is that bad? No, that's okay. I was just at the Grove the other day, and they've got a little magic shop. On the, uh, not a, they've got a toy shop, and they've got that little carousel with like Adam's magic props. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's just got. It's the magic thumb tip, and it's just right there, right there, laminated thumb tip. So yep. everyone knows about the thumb tip. People but, know fake thumb, but just like the thumb tip, and just like the coin shell that you talked about, like people, the skill is, of course, that people will never know when those are being used. There's getting it, and then there's getting it. There's, the thing yeah, that exactly. I, I knew fake thumbs were a thing, and even if you know there's some sort of trick with a cigarette and a fake thumb, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Sure. But I used to carry a fake thumb with me, too. I don't mean to make this about myself. I want to hear about the tricks that really light you up. I won't forget to tell my own magic stories. So did please. you carry a fake thumb for magic or just for... I did. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just to put up my ass when I masturbated. <laughs> Pretend to be a leper occasionally around small children. Oh, yeah, like a comedy bit. Yeah. Ah. That was a Chasing Amy reference. He always talked about putting a thumb up his ass, and I was like, oh, maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Turns out it's not, it's not for me. Um, speaking of the fake, fake thumb, I just saw this woman who does an act in Vegas. So we all fake thumb. You know, you use it to make a handkerchief disappear. Sure. So she uh, comes out like in a business suit, and she puts the handkerchief in her, in her, in her hand and makes it disappear, and then reaches in and pulls it out of her jacket, okay? Yeah. And then takes off the jacket. Yeah. And then she does it again. And you're like, this is, she's going to do it again, makes it disappear, reach in, pulls it out of her pants, takes off her pants. <laughs> Again, disappears, put, pulls it out of her bra, takes off her bra, pulls it out of her underwear, takes off her underwear. Now she's totally naked and she makes it disappear one last time and then reach in and she pulls it out of her vagina. Yeah. That's next level. Yeah. She was on the rag. I guess you could say that's my subtitle for the bit. If it, if it was a white thing and then it was red? I thought that would get a louder Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete Holmes laughs. Your honesty That's of wanting a bigger laugh I wanted it. is yeah. fantastic. Tell me about the tricks that really lit you up. Because everybody mm. I know, when they start, you know, a good birthday gift for pretty much any kid is a beginner's magic kit. Yeah. You're yeah. going to learn some balls and cups. You're going to learn one rope thing. Yeah, balls and cups are, were classic. There was a beginner trick that was like six cards with numbers written on them. Mm. And then you'd say, just think of any number from 1 to 60. And then tell me, yes or no, is your number on this card? Is it on this card? Is it on this card? Mm-hmm. And then you tell them what the number was. Mm-hmm. And it was just a math thing. But I remember that really really messing with people because it was like in their head. Right. So I think at an early age, I realized like it's really impressive seeing people do sleight of hand, but you know, okay, there's a trick or he's palming it or maybe there's a, there's a gimmick, but something about when the magic happens in their head, 
is far more impactful. That's what they end up talking about. You know, what I, I mean? agree. So mentalism, I guess, was what we call it. That's the genre of magic, but it's not like prop based. It's kind of idea based. I love tricks, and I know you know them, mm-hmm. Justin. I know you, you know, know, I know. Them. Where you force four cards or something, and you tell them to think of one, but yep. you give them one little direction, like don't make it obvious. And there's only one card that's not obvious. You know what I mean? Sure, that sure, just sure. brings them involved. There's in like some an ace way. of spades, a queen of hearts, and a nine of diamonds. I would, and, and a four of hearts. And a four of hearts. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get that four of hearts yeah, going. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, I that's think. the psychology you right. know, that we talked about. But uh, Or the panic that people have when you go think of an odd number. You know what I mean? People, mm-hmm. like even, you know, intelligent people will have that social anxiety if there's a crowd there of like, don't fuck it up. Right. Don't accidentally do so even seven. So you'll go to the first one. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or or the most obvious one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, three would be first, but for, for some reason, seven. Sure. And you know you're in business. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, what lights me up, I think, nowadays are those those tricks that are mentalism-y because I feel like they're within the realm of possibility, and then it, that really bugs people more mm-hmm. than, than tricks that could just be props. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Do you have magic memories of, of, of someone doing a trick like that to you that still bug you? Or? A mental thing? Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, like, I think the stuff that really got me was the, like, Copperfield flying. Yep. You know, uh, Harry Blackstone Jr. used to come to town. He would have a little birdcage and he'd make it disappear. And then he didn't, he'd go get another one. He'd invite all the kids to come on stage and put their hands on the birdcage. And I, I was like this little asshole kid. I'd hook my fingers in the, in the bars. Like, I really want to make this thing not disappear. And it still disappears. What? Yeah. No. So that I remember, that was crazy. Yeah. And then I learned how it works. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. It is a little bit disappointing. Well, that's the thing. I feel like all magicians are um, disenchanted idealists because we see a magician and at a young age, we believe that, wow, this person has been endowed with some amazing powers to violate the laws of the universe. And I can learn to do that. I want to do that. And then we realize instantly that it's, you know, that there's no powers. It's, you know, skills and tricks. And and that's kind of a bummer. I feel the same way. I was writing a sketch today at work and and we're working hard Mm -hmm. and the magic of comedy or whatever. And I was just writing it, not joylessly. I actually had to take a moment to be like, come on, this is, this is the job that you Mm -hmm. wanted when you were little. And this is amazing. Yeah. But you're doing it a little bit like science. You're like, and that's, that's the kind of joke you'd make in this situation. That's the kind of joke you make in this situation. Then you call that one joke and and then, and that's the sketch we got to get out of here. I got to go home. I got to, I got to go do this podcast. You know what I mean? So I have to imagine that you guys, once you start learning the tricks of that craft also have to make a conscious effort to remain grateful and appreciative of your world. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, in the end, like we, 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 we do get cynical about it, but like these things really like instill awe and wonder in people. You know, yeah. like I just got back from the road and I'm doing the show that, you know, things that I've done a lot of the time. And I, I, I have to remind myself every night when I see their faces, like people really do yeah. freak out. Yeah. And it's hard for me to stay in touch with that because one, you know, I know what's going on, yep. obviously. But two, it's you, 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 uh, you get spoiled. I mean, just like the bits that you've probably been doing forever, you, have you forget that they kill. When you do it, and you, and say you forget it like you've that never they haven't it seen it before, exactly. they haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, you got to do it, and remember that they haven't seen it, and yeah. you're doing the thing, and you're like, "Eh, the cage does this or this or this." Yeah, but I would rather know. I like knowing. I I'm one. I think you'd rather I'm, know. I'm one of the few people I think how things work. You mean that can know basic magic stuff and still really love it, because I I love comedy. And I can watch and I can probably – it sounds like I'm complimenting myself and that's not my intention. I can maybe guess where you're going with on a bit. With a trick. You know, with, oh, a, with, bit. A, with a bit. Yeah, with yeah, a bit. yeah. Mm-hmm. And with magic, it's similar. Unless it's like that Jeselnik trick, you know, where he where he 
actually, but you can even pretty you 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 know unless it's Marin. Marin, you have less of a chance of guessing uh-huh. because he's being so personal. But with Jess, I'm like you might if you're really on and really close with him, maybe you can guess where he's going, but probably not. Right. I, I mean, he's so good. But with magic, you know, you can you can probably see where it's going. But I can still enjoy it because I'm like. Let's say you, you said palming a card, like sleight of hand stupid because you have to palm a card. Even when I know a card is being palmed, it's the you everyone listening should try and palm a card. I honestly I don't think it'll dip, take away from your appreciation of magic. Yeah, I think, well, I think you are increase it. You're rare, I it's think. It's so in that weird. You, <laughs> that you like you can know what's going on and respect it as opposed to feeling cheated. Well, that's what, what the mean? whole bit is. It's like, I, I know. I know you have a card in your hand and it's fucking nuts. Yeah. I'll look where the magician tells me to look. But then there are always, always little moments where you're checking in or or it's like a pheromone thing. You get mm-hmm. that they're nervous or afraid. That's why there's nothing worse than like a, a, a shaky hand magician that's not feeling it. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm sure you can, uncomfortable. I'm sure you can relate to that. Yeah, I've been that guy. Sure. Um, so Dr. Magic is doing the magic for that. I'm, Dr. I'm still magic, looking for yeah. the, the magic origin. You start doing tricks with the girls. You're carrying the coin purse. You're doing the magic, and you're meeting some. some, mm-hmm. some got a guy, got a girlfriend. Mission accomplished. Super cute in high school. She yeah. became my assistant. So I'd make mm-hmm. birds appear, and she'd put them on the perch. It was adorable. <laughs> uh, I was a kid's birthday party magician. That was my thing. That's got to be what? Um, Good, bad, the worst. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Really? Um, yeah. The be- like whenever anyone young asks me advice, I always say do kids' birthday parties because one you can you, know, you can do a bunch of them. Therefore, it's just like you know going up every night, yeah, getting multiple spots, like going spot to spot in New York City, like yeah. you get a lot of stage time. But also, you're not going to get smoke blowed up your ass because if it sucks and the kids if they see how it works, they'll tell you instantly, so you get instant feedback as opposed to performing for your parents and they might be polite oh, and not tell you when they see the, the other thing. Way. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, I think that's a great way to develop a you know a, a character, a persona. I think that's where the comedy part you know found its place mm-hmm. in my magic. And you make you can make a lot of money, mm-hmm. which is great. So it was like it kind of became an entrepreneurial thing. I fell in love with you know uh, running a business where the product was something that I could create. You know what I mean? It was passionate about, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> and uh, and the shows were great. So I did I did kids' birthday parties to work myself all the way through high school and college. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you ever freak people out? What do you mean? Like kids, with magic? Maybe not kids, but like, I, I just feel like that's, that's a good question. I, I bet there have been times when you've been so in the zone mm-hmm. that you've frightened somebody. <laughs> well, people, you know, you get these people a lot of times who um, think it's real. Yeah. And they get frightened because they really want, they really want it to be real. Like they really want there to be something more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, I mean, a lot of times I would do, um, like I would do shows for churches and stuff and people would either, you know, think, it, think it was real and then kind of be scared of it because they think it's kind of, um, you know, demonic, yeah, demonic or evil, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and then I think, and then I feel bad. I'm in this weird position because I'm like, I don't, I don't want them to, I don't want to ruin it that they think it's real and it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, when do we actually get to see something that we think, that's what I'm you saying, know, is, is divine, yeah. you know? But I, it's like a lot of pressure and I feel bad, like misleading them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but that so, seems but more like a modern concern. I feel like Houdini wouldn't have been as concerned. I think people probably believed that. Right. I mean, that was probably a key to his PR strength. But, is that, I know you know this. Was that people? Believe well, I think it? the people believe, you know, and he became an icon, I think, for his generation because the metaphor of escaping for things meant that we could escape the, the binds of where we are in society. You know what I mean? And death. 
and death. Well, we he's cheating cheat, death. Cheat constantly death. Yeah, cheating that death. he's immortal, you know? Right. And if he can do it, maybe we can do it. That right. kind of thing. Yeah. And the magician being the entertainment version of, there are things in like physics, for example, that we don't yet understand. Right. I know I'll, I'll, I do a bad job representing the scientists listening to the show, uh, but I know that there are things that we're like, why do some things do this and why do other things do this? And we can't quite explain it yet. So there is a delight there. Like when I ever, whenever I hear something about like a sub, sub, some, sub, 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 atomic particle not behaving properly, mm-hmm. then I'm like, cool. And then the magician is like just doing that for show. But right. It, but it, it, it meets a need. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, we're creating the illusion of those real things right. in our life. Yeah, right, right, we're right, special right. effect artists. Right. You know. Yeah. But now, I, I, I bet you could predict that I might bring up this quote based on what we're saying. Okay. Remember Michael Jackson saying, "David Blaine, I believe in you." Oh yeah. Did you see that? I didn't see that. He said it. In but some, I heard that. He said some sort of uh, award speech, and he was like, "David Blaine, you're real." So instead of thanking God, he thanked David Blaine because I mean, you know, God hadn't been doing too much coin magic yeah. to Michael Jackson. I have a buddy who um, I have a buddy who used to work for uh, Copperfield, and apparently he would Copperfield would get people like sick children, people writing him who believed he had powers, begging him to, you know, cure them and yeah, yeah, and that's that that's that thing. It's like you ride that line where people really, you know. People really want to have hopes and dreams. People, yes, absolutely. Well, that brings us into the whole mystical healer sort of thing when you know, we know that they're charlatan versions yeah. of that. I'd, I'd like to think that they're real ones. I'm not sure. But they're certainly fake ones. And psychics. and Sure. Yeah. But what's weird is then you bring in the, the, the faith participant and sometimes people can maybe feel better just because baloney happened. I'm not saying heal cancer, but, you know, if I tell you, like, you look like you have the flu you'll probably start feeling a little bit fluish or tired. Sure, sure, sure. So similarly, a magician person is like... It's like a conversational placebo. I'm going to give you a conversation placebo. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe that, that could happen as yeah. well. But I feel like those David Blaine's and Chris Angels are going more for that. Like, I want people to believe that I'm real. Like the scary face. Yeah. Well, Blaine especially. Like, he... Um, I think he relishes in, like, blurring that line, you know, mm-hmm. and being really hard to label because he's a brilliant magician, you know, and a sleight-of-hand artist. But, like, then a lot of the stuff he does... Israel, you know, like sticking a need, you know, stuff a needle through his right. hand he mixes and, the and being buried alive. You know, so he mixes it. So people, I mean, I, I, it makes it confusing for some people, but also I think really exciting for him to be more than a magician and be kind of, kind of have that, uh, that, uh, you know, when is it real? When is it magic? Right. But That's I feel like guys decide. like you and other magicians, I think maybe we've even spoken of before comedy guys will often just tell the crowd I'm not. What's happening? Yeah. I'm not real. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm not here to trick you. I'm gonna show you an illusion, and it's yeah. going to please you. Yeah. I'd rather people know that this is just purely entertainment, right? Than people think that that I, I don't want people to be confused, right? Let's talk about your double lift. <laughs> Let's talk about my double lift. It's shitty. Do you it's have so cards? bad. Is it it's so bad? Yeah, my double I lift. No, sucks. I don't like no it. it really isn't. No. It's not How big bad. are your hands? Uh, not as big as yours. Which sucks because. I mean, you have really big hands. You have really big hands uh, for your for your frame. You know what I mean, like yep. you're a huge dude. So that's a pretty good hand. Yeah, that's yours a good are very soft hand. and supple. I've never it's a great comedy hand. Good comedy hand. Good comedy hand. Good for mics. Good mics. Good at taking stands. Got a mic callus m- there. Moving them to the right uh-huh. just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, do you have that digital obsession with with playing with cards? I, I used to all the time, and I never. I, I, do, I don't anymore. Like I, I kind of like when it comes to card tricks, I do the tricks that I mastered in high school, and those moves are what I've 
you know, what I, what I, that's my repertoire. Mm-hmm. And I don't really try, try to, um, to learn new slights going forward. I mean, there's some guys who always have a deck of cards and that's like their, that's their meditation. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just don't, I don't get the reward out of it as much. It's more of a, a chore to me. So for me, my joy comes from figuring out ways to take old tricks and bits and make them feel new, give them like plots and context that right. is relevant. You know, that's what gets me. Well, off. you do like the wonderful Siri bit. Like you're trying to take it into new, yeah. new places. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So the Siri bit's like an old, an old, uh, I mean, just an old vaudeville bit, basically, like some sort of a misunderstanding of a banana and a bandana. But with Siri, it finally, for the first time, like actually made, for me, like it made sense because that's something that could actually happen in real life. So right. Siri misunderstands what you're saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love the, is that, I, I had to think about it. You had to get Siri to say those things. It's, I don't want to talk about how you do. Yeah. See, so you're looking for the, is that in a the, track? Is that a recording? In the good way. Is some garage band action yeah. happening there? And can still... because what? Okay, so talking about the double left, I just think, again, just the way that people should try and palm a card, mm-hmm. you should try and pick up two cards and represent them as one. It's so difficult. Everyone should do it. But my uh, favorite trick is the rising... rising the ambitious it, card. Ambitious card. My Amazing. favorite trick. Yeah. Every magician... It doesn't sound like that's your jam, so I, I would no. But I do. I mean, I do ambitious card. Okay, that's one of those high school. That's trick. one of those high school jams. It's an early trick. Yeah, but it's almost like I never bought the whole thing that they're like. Uh, we tell the aristocrat joke, do we? I've never told the aristocrat joke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, we all do it. Right, right, right. Not, not my generation. Sure. But every magician has an ambitious card. Every uh, magician trick. does. Yeah. And I would think they would like to show you their standard. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, um, I don't know, whatever, when you play the, you know, whatever that stairway, that stairway, that's yeah. uh, smoke on the water or something yes. like that. Yeah. You have to master that before you move but forward. But it's so basic. And again, this isn't a spoiler. It's just like sometimes for a magic trick, you have to pick up two cards. Two cards is one. And say this is one that card. That might be the best, best card slight ever. Yes. Yeah. And David Blaine does the push-off. Does so well. Yeah. He does the push-off, which is... The most fascinating. It's incredible. You know, this Can I just, just tell like, people what that means? It means he pushes it off with one with thumb. One, yeah. And there's all this lore of guys that did it so much that they could pick up two cards exactly mm-hmm. like you pick up one card. Exactly. That, so that's just like what you're saying earlier, that the magician has to master these truths. So yes. I'm sure Blaine sat there with a deck of cards and he's like, so what does it look like when I just push off one card? Right. Okay, that's what it looks like. Now, let me master... Pushing off two cards while exactly the exact making... same way. Yeah. Whereas most magicians like me, when I was you know thirteen, would do the double lift from the back. I know this is a podcast, so we'll we'll be brief here. But you you reach up from the back because mm-hmm. you can flip up and catch two. Yeah. Push them together and then flip it off back to front right. like that. That's not how you do it. But then if you do it that way, but for that's two, like a safe way. That's a safe beginner way safe. to do it. Yeah. And then when you pick up one, you have to remember to do it. The same way. The same way. Exactly. Because if you're suddenly just picking up one card so easily when you're picking up two, or there's also a triple lift. I have to imagine there's a quadruple lift. My triple lifts are normally accidental, but they happen. But that's another thing. This is what brings it into the world of true performance and exciting performance. Mm -hmm. Is I think we have the merge of deception and truth, naturality, the adrenaline of trying to pull something over and the merging in a good show of the audience and the performer, not into one thing against the other thing, but into one thing that wants to create an illusion together. Yeah. The illusion that I'm the funniest guy in the world and this is the best night of our lives, or similarly, those things, and you're a magic person. Yeah, you're right. That's when right. it becomes a team, like a cohesive we're thing. A team. Yeah, we're a team. Because the worst guy is the guy that's like, yeah. like in my joke, I'm sorry to bring up my joke again, but it's like, it's, it's in his pocket. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. 
You know what I mean? I get real mad about it. Well, you're just like, because when you say that magic's, <laughs> magic audience is the only ones that are trying to ruin yeah. it for themselves. And yeah. that's the thing. So we have this massive hurdle to overcome, which is to, to unite everybody. Yeah. Even though they know that I'm up to something yep. and I'm going to fool them. But I, but in order to somehow convince him to be on my side, yeah, yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, it's so a beautiful challenge. You're you're giving your birds to your girlfriend, yes, and she's putting them on a perch. She's and it's putting adorable. them on a perch. It's adorable. Old Dan Levy told me you had quite a colorful college experience. Yeah, so get let's talk about that. So I went to Emerson in Boston with Dan Levy, mm-hmm. and uh, the thing with magic is that probably different than comedy. With comedy, I'm sure you 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 really identify with your comedy peers, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have mentors that are older than you. Yeah. But, uh, but but in magic, you have colorful mentors. You know what I mean? So when I was growing up in St. Louis, you know, 13, 14 years old, my friends were, you know, a 60-year-old guy who doubles as Santa Claus, you know, and, you know, 70-year-old men who come with their wives. Like, those are your mentors. These become your friends. That's how you go to Denny's with after you, mm-hmm. afterwards, you know what I mean? So in college, one of my mentors... For my uh, next trick, I'm going to turn this into diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a good Denny's joke for you. Um, in college uh, in Boston my, I have a mentor who was an, an older uh, older magician very colorful eccentric character um, you know um, not somebody who you'd think would become my best friend but we became you know my best friend He's older probably, guy old, 25 years older than me yeah um, older African American gentleman Harvard educated but became a children's party magician and like the best one in Boston what when yeah. did he get into it? Magic. Uh, he probably same probably same story as as mine. Oh, you young, know? yeah, what, yeah, young magic kid thing. I'm just interested in that idea. This is something that comes up a lot on the show. Is when mm-hmm. you were young enough to still have brain cells to spare, you learned magic, and that's why you're still good at it, right? You know what I mean. So right. I would be very interested if we picked it up later. But I'm still there. Are those guys interested. that do that? Really? I don't know how they do it. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's like I'd love to learn, learn to play the guitar, but I don't know how I would. That's exactly right. I don't want to suck at something when, when I'm I pick up a guitar. I'm 16 and I'm yeah. playing with the same proficiency. I can exactly. improve a little bit, but it's exactly. the same basics from 16 year old. Yeah. So you meet this 25 year old year older than you, mm-hmm. uh, black guy, and he becomes my like he was he was uh, you know went to Harvard. He worked for. Reagan and the Reagan administration, he was bound for great things, but got so disenchanted by politics. It was like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go back to being a magician. I'm going to make that my living. I'm going to make people happy. And that was his thing. So he was a highly overqualified entertainer in terms of, you know, so he broadened my mind to, you know, he became a father figure to me and really kind of That's opened up my, my magic. Eyes. Magic. I love that. It has that whole man without a face quality. Yeah. That's what the magic shop is. It's like, uh, it's like a boys and girls. It's like a big brother, big sister spot yeah where I, i'm not surprised at all by this story but i love it. it it warms me up yeah he was i mean and i just saw him a couple weeks ago when i was in boston but he also uh you know uh he's also a hedonist mm. so he just loves you know working hard and playing hard mm-hmm. and uh you know would have you know <laughs> his, he had a cage in his living room and you know we'd have you know and i'm not like some you know i'm not a uh uh, per- perverse kind of guy, but I like to have fun, you know. Sure. And so Levy and all of our college friends would come over, and we'd have these crazy parties that I think Dan uh, they became legendary because they were just way more extravagant and sexual than the parties that usually happen at college. Sure. Yeah. And with Cage and the ingredients with Cage gave me, I'm like, are these orgies or people? No, people aren't just having sex, but it's they're very <laughs> sexual. I mean, I'm sure people are having sex somewhere, but it's not like a sex People are party. going yeah. in almost so like, it's a like a Playboy mansion. it's like a fetish-themed party, you know, yeah. at one point. And there were really only like three or four of these, but it became because of the the Dan Levy hype, they became what my college experience was. Wait, Dan was. Levy helped? 
No, the Dan Levy hype, like Dan Levy talking about these things. So it'd be kind of the, 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 the legend of these parties became really more than they really were, but they were pretty epic at the time. Right. Yeah. But you have to, going back to him being so much older and these mm-hmm. are college girls, that, that seems like this is where we might get into trouble. Yeah. He, I mean, but he, he looked like a college student, you know, he, he aged well. He look he looks good still. He's going. For he it. looks good. Yeah. So you're having these amazing parties. You're both magicians. We're both magicians. So and we're doing like you know ten kids' birthdays in a weekend. Well, go to them. And then after the kids' parties are over, you, you know you have a nice uh, little uh, fetish party at the adult house. time. A little adult time. But I'll, again, going back to Copperfield moving the, the handkerchief with his groin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you go to the Magic Castle, which I, I love to go to the Magic Castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Haven't been in a long time. We we'll want to go back. Girls. People like dressing up, and they like dressing sexy. Yeah. Again, that is, and this probably isn't a new idea, is the original sleight of hand is like sleight of dick a little bit, is that you're like seduction. or And it goes both ways, not just the dick, but men and women. You're doing this thing. It's like patter. You're talking about something that you're not talking about. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're trying to feel each other out if you're compatible. I'm just talking about like, some romantic. Well, and then there's also like, oh, he's so good with his hands, you know. Yeah. There's there's that sexual thing, uh, you know. In the game, you know, they use magic. That, that book on mm-hmm. pickup artists and mm-hmm. stuff. That, that I guess there was a character that used magic to 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 meet women. It's so, a classic trope. There's a, yeah. But then the magic of an ordinary experience. When you look at what you're selling, this your card is on the ceiling. Yep. Is kind of like. Uh, our our organs are mashing up against each other. It's like a different thing. If you want to sell someone a gallon of milk, you start by talking about the gallon of milk. If you want to sell somebody sex, you start by talking about their eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's completely different. So there's something kind of magical about that. Is that mine? Could we get some more pop? phones going off? Oh, is it really? <laughs> you can press and turn it off. I just... Okay. All right. Mom, mom will call back. Mom will call back. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what it is that's so, but, you, but I mean, you're right. I mean, that's like, there's something about uh, the the allure of Matt. I mean, it's probably, is it more so than comedy? Just the, the, the idea I, of being able to do these impossible things? I think so. If you went on stage and, and like wore, there's, there's very sexier than being them. funny. I mean, that's like, yeah. isn't that the ultimate? Yeah. yeah, that's why I think maybe we're, that's why comedians don't like magicians is because magicians, and maybe that's not a thing. Comedians don't like magicians. Is that a thing? Uh, sure, that's comedians thing? don't like it. a lot of people. <clears throat> comedians don't like comedians. I, lo- I, we've already covered that. I love magicians and I, I, I love comedians. I'm not yeah. just saying that to be oh, what a good guy. I'm just saying I like that sort of stuff. Yeah, but comedians resent anyone that does something similar to what they do with more stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what we don't like with props. With props, that's why music music comedy will always be, the, to me, the bottom of the barrel. Is it because it's like a uh, a crutch is involved, you're or talking, you're taking a shortcut? Yeah, here. you're talking to somebody. Well, I have a theory on this, and we can talk about this when it comes to magic. Yeah. Actually, is uh, and I like ma- music comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not like I love it. I'm not one of those people that's like I will get into it and I will laugh at it, but I will also shit on it in the following way that you're taking so. When you look at a stand-up or a storyteller, which is like the next level of like just real life, you can captivate an audience that didn't pay, that didn't intend on hearing a story, mm-hmm. and you got them in the palm of your hand, and it was natural and beautiful. Again, that merging thing in a restaurant or, or you know, when you're snowed in in some weird cabin and mm-hmm. you just captivate and destroy in that way. That's the truest form right there. Right. But that's just a man or a woman telling a talking. tale. Yeah. Now, we're trying to manufacture that. So we are manufacturing something. We have people coming in and sitting down and then we're presenting something to them. Uh-huh. Okay, so 
in that merging that I think we both got excited about between the performer and the audience. I tell that to my TV audience. I go, it's not me versus you. It's me and you. Mm -hmm. We're making this together. And uh, I feel that way when I do stand-up. So I'm trying to create a rhythm together with the audience. And they're also trying to create it with me. They're informing my pace and my tone with their assertions, the way they laugh, the way they clap. So I'm also paying attention to them. And then it becomes this thing called the show. But that is being made organically out of nothing. You know what I mean? So when you bring in a guitar... Uh, now you're playing in 4-4, four, four, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas I can betray the way that I'm speaking right now and twist it here or peel off a little piece here or speak quietly or speak higher or whatever. I'm doing it all by myself. When you're taking a trope like a song, a rock and roll song, a folk song, a funky song, a sexy song, a sad song, a happy song, and betray that form, like play a sad song but sing happy things or more likely play a happy song and sing sad things, now you're using a pre-existing mold, music, and applying comedy to it, where I was taking an empty room and applying comedy to that. Yeah. And that's just better alchemy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're, you're making gold out of nothing, one group, and one group is refining gold, and then at the end there was more gold, certainly, but you did go in with a little smidge of gold, which, which bothers some people. Right. Again, doesn't really bother me. Interesting. Magician, similarly, you have rings and shit. That, that is right. the go-to, like in 40-Year-Old Virgin, where he does the coin trick, right. and he's like, you just walk around with a giant thing. That's comedy's response to magic. Yeah. I love that you have a thumb on you. And I love that you have a decks of cards on you. I keep decks of cards around. I just like playing with them. Uh, but some people find that to sure. be artificial. I would love to have the thumb on me and never use I mean, it's, ideally, it's, it's like I, I don't have to ever use it. Yeah. But. But because what I because I'm known, if someone knows I'm a magician and they say, oh, do something. Right. If I don't do anything then then it's a, it's a bummer. It's a letdown. That's, so you kind of have to be prepared, but I'd love to never have to do it. Right? Yeah. That's Chris Rock's point. When an actor goes on Conan, he's not supposed to be moving. But a comedian goes on Conan, he's supposed to be he's funny. Supposed to be funny, yeah. Similarly, one of the reasons I, I was not going to ask you, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. ask you to do any tricks, you kind of always have to be on call. This is Pete. He's funny. Right. Okay, maybe I can say something sarcastic and really sure. low-hanging fruit, and they'll be like, he's right. <laughs> right. This is Justin. He's magic. Apart from, like you were saying, a mental trick, which, you know, is not a necessarily a good opener, it's right. good to have something. It's good like, to have something, yeah. I hear those stories about guys that do uh, levitating tricks, like making a dollar bill float around, mm-hmm. but they do it when they got out of the shower. Okay. People would be like, that's proof. I say that's proof that the motherfucker carries the things necessary. In the shower. In the shower. I'd heard that story. Who was that? Where did I hear that story? That's in that movie. You're in that movie. Or you're in a movie I saw recently. I watched two magic documentaries. I think you might have been in the other yeah, one. Yeah, It's the guy that's in all the Mammoth movies. He Ricky does the, Jay. That's Ricky right. Jay. That's right. And he says it's it's Ricky Jay got out of the shower. And people are like, yeah. that means Ricky Jay's. Uh, and I go, no, that means Ricky Jay. I have a set list on me. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm funny. This is what I want to talk about right now. That's not something to be embarrassed about. And then we just hold hands with magicians. Right. That's something you'd be proud of. You know what I mean? What is the thing you want to do and what does it take to be that thing and then do that thing? Yeah. And sometimes it's having something magical in your it's ass It's also crack. like something about magic. <laughs> like people, people, every time they think about it or tell their friends about the story, it gets better and better and better. Yeah. You know what I mean? They kind of exaggerate every mm-hmm. time. So I'm sure that the Ricky Jay shower story could very well have been 
you know, he was in the locker room. He just put his clothes on. He did this trick. But right. Like, and then he tells somebody else, oh, so he was this. And or it becomes, how... it becomes he was he was stark naked and he did this miracle. And so that's where the, the legend, you know, and Ricky Jay is not going to deny it, I'm sure. That, that's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's part of how life goes. And that's how people being funny. I, I hear lore of people being so funny that this, this or this happened. But good for him. Yeah. Because myth is a part of life. And that's and that's a fun. Good for him. Place for myth, yeah. I watched that movie. What's it called? Ricky Jay? Something. Uh, Deceptive Practice. So good. Yeah. Watching him practice with the four-way mirror or whatever, Mm -hmm. he was doing stuff that I was like, that's impossible, that's impossible, that's impossible, that's impossible. With the cards. So you're watching the the flourishes and the slides. Real basic stuff. Yeah. And he says that, you know, that's like his meditation time. You know, that's like where he goes. And I wish wish that did it for me. Yeah. That'd be amazing, you know, but But that's just not my thing. He also says... It made me think of it when you said it wasn't your thing, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not pushing that on you. Not that you should listen to me if I did. But he talks about you need to practice to the point where it stops being pleasant. And I was like, that's another thing that is similar. I am off taping right now, and I don't want to do stand-up. Yeah. You have to. You have to. You know what I mean? Sure. And I'm sure you have your versions of that. The question I had for you was, do you see? do you still see things... If I know level one and you're level 15, mm-hmm. do you still see stuff that you're like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Magic-wise, you yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was at the Magic Castle last week, and they did a show in the, the palace in the big room, and they were presenting this levitation called Astarte, which apparently is like uh, this trick that was performed in like the late 1800s, and it's a, a levitation of a woman, and then she spins around. I mean, it's like, it's like what we've seen and heard. Like, I mean, you know, you've seen Copperfield fly. But they, it was like just one of these mysterious tricks where they didn't know exactly how it worked. So this genius Johnny Gone, like he's a magical historian guru, mm. so he kind of figured out how to do it, and he put it, he did it on stage. So you're watching a trick that you know was done 150 years ago, but it really blows you away because it it's not done how Copperfield does the flying. Right. It's not right. done the normal ways that people levitate people. Right. You know, there's ways to. So as a magician, you know all the methods, so but when you fun. see something happen that's using a method that you've never seen before, that's like some next level, next level shit. That's incredible. Yeah. I love one of the reasons I love Penn and Teller bullet catch. Amazing. Yeah. Never seen watch it. it a dozen. You never seen it? No. It's great. They load they two two magnums uh, guns and they have people from the audience uh, initial bullets and the casings and they they have a line down the center of the stage and they're both at opposite ends and they fire it in each, in each other's mouths and then they spit them on plates and they're indeed the bullets that passed over the over the you know it's it's a it's a fooler stuff yeah like so good that yeah speaking of Penn and Teller this has come up twice in my life. I just I love conversations like this. I lo- I love what what I was going to say. The Magic Castle, the fact that you have this history, and the fact that you can talk about this type of genius, the magical mm-hmm. genius. You know what I mean? That's doing this like living proof. You know, almost like algebra. Yeah. You know what I mean? And st- and people used to do it, and now they're doing it again. And and there's like more simple ways. It's almost like filmmaking. Can we do it more in camera? Can it be more real? Sure. Less uh, coin shells. More the real coins. This goes to that too. Is I was talking my I don't go to an acupuncturist anymore, but my old acupuncturist was ta- talking to me about his kung fu teacher. His kung fu teacher was talking about how your brain is actually putting together stills and connecting them, meaning it's not like shooting a movie. And apparently, again, to the uh, ophthalmologist listening, I can't rep- or maybe it would be neurologist uh, listening. I can't represent this as well as they can. Sure. But apparently, we're looking at stills. So I'm shoot- shooting a certain frame rate, uh-huh. and then the brain's job. So I'm not like like that, is to blend those things together into a fluid thing that I call reality. So it's like a flip book. Exactly. Yeah. 
And then the Kung Fu guy says, and he says this to my acupuncturist, this is the weirdest sentence that's ever occurred, goes like, what you need to do is people, there's a blankness in people's eyes when they're in between pages, to go with your analogy of the flipbook. And that's when you need to step dramatically to your left, and it will appear as though you've teleported three feet to your left. And then in the story that, you know, I'm getting firsthand, secondhand, so it's his story. Mm-hmm. The guy explains that to his class of, you know, 10 people and then does it. And everybody's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, you just moved three feet to your left. And he's like, I told you what happened. And he waited for everyone to make that face, which just sounds unbelievable. What does that face look like? It's just kind of like, a, <laughs> I just do it. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. But Penn and Teller are apparently doing a new show where they're studying that type of brain science. And they're telling people, they're being very, very above board and being like, this is how your brain works. This is how your eyes work. And we are trying to do things in between those moments. Mm-hmm. What a fucking wonderful and beautiful way to participate with the science that comes in. Most people hear a fact like that and they go, great. Who gives a fuck? Egg McMuffin, jerk off, and you go to bed in the shower. These guys go, how can we turn that fact into like a symphony? Yeah. Well, Darren Brown is this great uh, English magician mentalist. And I think what he does is he, he, takes his, he takes magic tricks and classic pieces of mentalism, but, but presents them in a manner of um, educating you into the science behind how this works. And some of it really is and some of it really isn't. But I think mm. it just like you like to be in on it. You know what I mean? So it kind of ropes you in even more and it's like, oh, I get it. Wow, this is deep. Right. And it makes it more than just a trick. You know what I mean? It's it's psycholo- psychology and, and uh, misdirection, but in real, real life practical context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it comes to those learning of those tricks, are you a big respect guy? I remember in that Ricky Jay movie, they talk about Mammoth. He's like, I'll teach you this one trick, but then you have to be able to do that trick to me before I'll teach you the next trick. Mm-hmm. And Mammoth was like, I'm out. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't yeah. have the bug. Do you have that respect where it's like you shouldn't know how Copperfield flies until you know this, this, and this, and this? Sort yeah. A, a I mean, I thing. definitely don't think that – I don't like frivolous exposure. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like um, – <clears throat> You know, like you could easily walk, you know, you could go Google these things. Like after you watch Copperfield, if you really want to know how it works, you can Google it. <laughs> yeah. But most people won't do that. You know what I mean? And I don't know if it's that that there's too much work involved, you know, to like search and really dig for it. Like if some people who really want to know could figure that out. And um, but some people, oh, I really want to know. But yeah, I won't go through the work. And they, they don't really want to know. They actually want. I think people really want to not know. Right. Like we're keeping, you know, the, the, the secrets are there um, not to fool you, but it's there to like preserve that magical moment for you. Mm-hmm. So the people who I think have the desire to want to learn like I did as a kid and who any magician who is a magician I had, like if you want to become a member of the Magic Castle, you have to kind of audition, you have to have an interview and you have to really show that you have a true desire to learn more about the art form. I think that's when like the gates are open and then you can, you know, read the books and learn what's up. But right. it's all there if you want it. But I think what separates it is that people, you know, don't want it that bad. And some people, that's what binds you guys to not together. Know. But some, a lot of people would prefer, Seinfeld has an interesting quote where he says, anybody, if they think they could be a comedian, would be a comedian. Mm-hmm. But like some people just like can't figure it out. I, I, I think it's interesting, natural incl- inclinations guiding us to where we're supposed to go. I happen to be, not to use myself as an example, but who do I know as well as myself? I happen to be decent at some of the things that you need to do naturally to perform. Similarly, one of the things you have is the interest in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like some people have, curiosity is a wonderful virtue and to have that natural interest to be like, not only am I going to Google it, 
but I want to see how this guy does it. I want to see how this guy does it. I want to see right. how this guy does it. Then I'm going to go to the Magic Castle and watch this guy do the ancient version of it. And it's going to be tremendous. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like, you know, being a comedy nerd, you know, and if, you, if you, you, you know all the comics, you know all their albums, you quote their jokes. Same thing with the magic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny is that the, then there's the shows like The the Mass Magician where they don't give you any time to even decide whether or not you want to know, you know, right. the secret, secrets revealed. It's yeah. like, here's the trick. That was amazing. Here's exactly how it's done. And that's just, I think, uh, you know, that's kind of where it gets cheap and frivolous. Where, it is cheap. You know? And people don't end up even remembering. So people will watch Copperfield be like, oh, yeah, I saw how they did that on That Mass Magician. I don't remember, though. I don't remember yeah. how I did it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a really interesting thing. Now, I guess this kind of ties a little bit to the occult. You know, obviously, the magic thing about being led into secrets and stuff, mm-hmm. to me, seems to parallel, uh, I was going to say actual secret societies, but actual, you know, when you look at the, the, the membership and the inducting and the, like, you've earned this trick and I'm going to tell you something that's never been written down sort of thing, it does mirror that sort of, like, Illuminati It's a world. little Harry Potterish, right? It's a little Harry it's Potter. It's a little Harry Potterish. Do you think any of that's going on in the world? Uh, of magic? Not of magic. Or in the real world. In the real world. Do you think there's like, esoteric teachings that are that are valid, or is it all baloney pajoni? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I'm, it's not, a big I'm not in any of those circles other than the magic world. But I know, like, I've always been fascinated by the Masons. Like, I don't know sure. what, they're, what they're, I don't know what they're doing with those rings. But I, I'll I'd tell you this. In it. Yeah. Here's something that you just said that was really interesting to me: is people can be shown it's hidden in plain sight, sort of stuff. Yep. And I'm not accusing the Freemasons of anything, obviously, uh, a sinister. I'm just saying. If they want to be a secret society and do secret things, there's a really weird truth that comes up more than uh, once a week. <laughs> this is a once a week podcast. On the show, it comes up a lot, is what I'm saying, uh-huh. is the idea that people can know things and then erase it for you. So it's like, we're the Freemasons. Uh, even if they say, like, we um, rig the lottery. I'm just making that up. We mm-hmm. rig the lottery, so we figure out who wins. And then there's something weird that happens where your brain will just go... I don't. I didn't want to know, and it's just gone. And that might be the backbone of some of these weird things. Yeah, Manchurian candidate stuff. You well, know, you're subliminal, subliminal things. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, I don't tread. I mean, that's. I don't. I don't tread in that area. I. I think a lot of times, <clears throat> I'll maybe play off that that's what's happening when it's really something else. You know, just kind of like that whole. You know, you're talking about Penn and Teller using science as context for a magic trick. You know, so uh, if a method is super simple, I mean, super simple. I don't want. I don't want it to just come off like a simple thing. So you'll kind of maybe make the whole, if it's a mentalism prediction, you'll make it, make people believe that it was actually subliminal things. And then that sign you saw in the lobby on your way into the show and that song that I played right before the show started actually cued you guys to say this exact thing, which matches my prediction. You know Interesting. What I mean? Yeah. Even the music. So I will the exploit the, yeah. the idea of subliminal things, but I don't really. I'll never forget alert. seeing a guy. When I went, I, me and TJ Miller actually went to this magic show, and the and the ad for older guy, I wish I could remember his name, couldn't have oversold it. Like it, it sold it so hard, it yeah. was like he's going to conjure the dead. It, it said it on the card. Part of the reason why we went, he didn't conjure the dead, but he did do this trick. And again, I'm not saying this so you will. I'm just saying to see what it'll make you. Think yeah, what of. was it? He buries his pay. Uh, not buries. He gives you his paycheck uh-huh. for the show. And says you can hide it anywhere in the show in yeah. the room. I'm going to go back. Was this Kreskin? Uh, I wouldn't know it if you said it. Okay, the amazing Kreskin. Have you heard of? Oh him? yeah, <laughs> you know amazing Kreskin. You don't no, know? No, I can't. Maybe oh, we okay. could Google him, but like, so people they would hide his check, and if he can't find it, he doesn't get paid. He doesn't get it. So he goes. He goes, he goes into a, in a silence room, yep. and the audience hides it. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it is interesting. He didn't go in like a quiz show booth where sure. we could see him. But you, bought but he was you believe that he didn't know. We believe that he didn't have a camera. And did he find it? That would be a boring trick. Well, I want you to guess where we hit it. That's an interesting game. Uh, and probably so, TJ probably put it in his, in his, uh, was T, you TJ couldn't put it in his pants or something. You oh. couldn't put it on your person. I think there were some rules like that. I It's too – because you can't see the room. And if I describe mm-hmm. it, then that will be telling you where we hit it. But we buried it in a potted plant. Okay. And then what he did was he came out and hold your hand. Mm-hmm. Muscle hit, reading, he would say, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm. You, you're going to – even though he goes, just think of where it is, and I'm gonna by your slight hesitations, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna find it. Mm-hmm. When he held my hand, I was one of the guys that got picked. Uh, I tr- really tried to give him nothing, not because I wanted to fuck him, but because I really wanted to see if he was getting it from somewhere else, yeah. like some other sort of source, uh, a magical source, like a really believe thing. He got nothing from me. He quit it on me pretty quickly and went as just I would as a comedian to some on. of the younger, yeah. young, younger women. Yeah. And, okay. and then he found it. He did find it. I, I, but I think about it all the time. Now, do you think he found it really with muscle reading, or do you think there was a trick involved? I th- well, it's interesting. I mean, if you want my take on it, I think he's done it so many times that th- so many different types of rooms, where could you put it? We could have put it under any chair. Did he though. pretend to find it one place that was – I mean, did he, did Not he miss? Not once. So he, he didn't, didn't say, miss. is it in that Not one cabinet? Time. And it was He went right to the one plant that we buried it in. Yeah. So let's shave with Occam's razor. He has a camera in the room where he has a, somebody that tells him. Yeah, but isn't it more fun to think that he really can muscle read? Well, I wouldn't great? be telling you the story if I knew that somebody was it, – it, it's like, again, and we're not going to do too many magic spoilers because that's not what this show is. But when I Google how David Blaine gets the name of the girl's best friend, mm-hmm. And dog, do you Google it? I do. Did you? Yep. And I remember because I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, yeah. And I encourage you know, if you want to do do, do that. Yeah. It's interesting the things that come into play. And even if it is, and I'm not saying it is with that trick or, or the one that we just discussed, even if it does involve another person, it's still a fucking great story. Something happened and you made it happen mm-hmm. and you packages it another thing. Yeah. Right? Well, exactly. But I think the way he packages it in this muscle reading realm, and honestly, like I've, I know this bit, but I don't really know exactly how it's done. And, and I, because that is within the realm of possibility that that's really how he's finding it, I right. find that to be so much more of a fascinating way. I mean, it could very well be some high-tech explanation. Yeah. But that's so just, fucking boring. And so I have boring. to imagine it's boring for him. Yeah. Right? Completely. Isn't there some degree where you want to pull something off? But what's great, I mean, what's great is that, I don't know how long ago this was, but we're still talking about it. I mean, that's that's what he wants. Years wants to ago. Give, years. So he wants was, to give you a piece of entertainment that you're actually going to talk about. Forever. I want to say it was six years ago. That's the best. I think that's I was married. Best. I was married when that happened. And then you didn't Google this. I now, didn't could have Googled this one. I could have Googled it, but it's such a, it's such a sweet story. And if you were like, do you want me to tell you? I would probably say... Yes, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like so you didn't want to ruin it. For you. you didn't want to maybe find out that oh, it's an old earpiece thing, and someone's yeah. just cueing them in their sleeve. And- but the conversations that I like, and I, I have to think for you as a performer, are the conversations where you go, let's try and figure it out. You know, let's let's. What could it be? Yeah. If I'm, I'll never forget. A friend of mine, Christian, hardcore Christian Republican. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was into magic was really weird because it requires lying. Yeah. And I remember he uh, would do the magic, le- uh, the magic, the levitating dollar bill trick. Yep. And I was like, you're telling me you can make a dollar bill levitate without anything? And he's like, yes. This is a guy who is like 
you go to hell because this like yeah. would never lie. Right. So he's sinning to pull off the trick. Really. He's sinning yeah. to pull his, his patter is sin. He's sinning. His patter yeah. is is a is a, an abomination to the Ten Commandments themselves. Yes. And I was like, so if you were just in a field somewhere and I handed you a dollar, you could do it. And he'd say yes. And he said it in the respect of magic, I suppose. But I still I did look up that trick and you know what I mean? There's something mm-hmm. I wanted to know. Wow. Did you, did you call him out? No. You didn't call him out on that? Oh, it's just interesting that like... Oh, that I never yeah. thought to. Interesting. I never thought to be like, wow. hey. Were you about to ask me, did I do dr- drugs? Oh, drugs. Yeah. You do yeah. a lot of drugs? I don't do a lot of drugs. No. Are you sober now? No, I'm not sober. You seem sober. I mean, right now at this very moment? No, I, I just mean like you feel... I don't know where I'm getting at. Oh, Maybe wow. Dan Le- did Le- Dan Levy say something about... Um, you did about excessive partying. Yeah, I had I, I put in my time. I did an, I did enough for both of us, Pete. I did. <laughs> Me? College was good. That's you know responsible decadence. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's an important thing. So like Coachella, you know, I go to Coachella. You know, I've been to Burning Man. You know, that was you went to Burning Man. Yeah, I went to Burning Man. Was it great? It was incredible. Yeah, you've never been? No. Oh man, I'm so afraid that I would be love like, to see Pete Holmes at Burning Man. That'd I'd love to do it. I'd get fucking Borderland goggles. Yeah. And- Go to the hand, but that's but that's like Burning Man is completely cut out for you. Where you get seven days to 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 you know to check out. The problem with Burning Man for me is I would want to be there while I'm on mushrooms, but then I'm going to come down. Moshe goes and he goes sober the whole time. He just likes burning. Oh, I've got tons of friends who go who go sober. Really, just love it. Yeah. Like my, I've got a buddy who um, who doesn't do anything, and he he's like, I go to Burning Man and I enjoy the mornings. Like the morning's my time, and then I'll go to bed at seven, and then all the you know the the partiers will go out and have their Burning Man experience. But he's like, my Burning Man is the morning, no you know, sober morning, yeah, sober morning Burning Man, yeah. But it's like it's everyone kind of when you think of Burning Man, you think whatever you think of when you think of it. But it's yeah. it's a million things. It, it's that and a million other things, and it's it's a different burning man for every person that is there. You know, but what if I mean? you're going to bed at seven, mm-hmm. aren't there people that are like second life yeah, and just crazy. like waking you up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, burning man's loud. I'm sure he's got earplugs, <laughs> but burning, there's nothing like your first, when you first get to burning man and it's the first nighttime burning and you're man. riding your bike out into the, the playa, like the big open area. And it's just like, it's, it's like a, like a Martian carnival. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Martian carnival. Yeah. But uh, okay, now I'm feeling weird about your Disney career. Yeah, what talking about Running Man? It's okay. No, no, no. I was going to ask about drugs. I, oh, see drugs. the idea. And that- I did. I, I've done ayahuasca twice. No. Yes, twice. Twice. Okay, we have to. That's the whole. Why didn't you open with that? I should have opened with that. I'm so. You know, the weirder my you've life, never. The weirder my life gets, the more people I know that have done it. You're added to the list. Here's the thing. It's like um, tell people about it. It's um, it's not like a it's it's not like like mushrooms. It's like recreational. Let's have some mushrooms and go out. So ayahuasca is like it's a ceremonial thing. So it's like a you don't. I mean, my experience was that it's done in ceremony with like a, a medicine woman or a, sh- a modern shaman kind yeah. of thing. As crazy yeah. as that sounds. So the first time I was in Maui, I was on a not retreat. To not to you. I was on a retreat in Maui. Um, uh, a vegan yoga retreat, and it, it wasn't story. an ayahuasca retreat. No, ayahuasca was just like one of the you know activities. Hey guys, on Saturday night, if you want to partake, uh, you know the a medicine woman will be having an ayahuasca ceremony. If you want to do this, you know it's not mandatory. It's if you want to, and here's our experience. And you know, I was like, yeah, of course, I'm in in for that. Yeah, so because uh, you're already like doing yoga and and yeah, in you're a good already, place. Yeah, they say from what I've heard about ayahuasca that you're supposed to go. 
vegan uh, for at least be, a week yeah, or so. Yeah, go as clean as you can. As clean as, as you clean can. As you can. So and I'm going to throw this at you. Yeah. Because we're getting into ayahuasca territory. Territory. You don't want other consciousnesses inside of you. You know what I mean? I suppose you could say that tomatoes. You mean other con- toxins or other? I literally mean you don't other want. Other animals? If, if you eat the bad mushroom trip that I had, I had an In-N-Out burger that day. And I'm like, I don't think it's a coincidence Did that I Did you end up had. seeing it again? Was that the problem? No. I tried to throw up. I couldn't. Yeah. A thousand or so small bits of cow in me. You know, I'm getting trippy just to help you get yeah, trippy. Yeah. No, you're right. The thing with the ayahuasca, it's like it's not... Like it's not like a – it's definitely not a, uh, a, a social party drug. Like no. it's, I don't even think of it as a drug. It's really like a, um, like a sacred ton, yes. a sacred tea that is yeah. brewed for you and and uh, the whole experience, you know, the, the drinking of the ayahuasca. I mean it sounds it, – people kind of roll their eyes at it sounding cultish, you know, because you literally are gathering in a circle all sitting down and drinking, you know, the, the Kool-Aid together. But it's uh, – I really always, and I did it twice. I really wanted it to be one of these deep, life-changing experiences that my friends, you know, tell me about. And I just, it just didn't hit like that for me. Hmm. Like I got it. I like, oh, I get, you know, because you, you kind of you drink it, and then you're everyone's just kind of chilling, and you're not up and moving. You're kind of laying down with your eyes shut, and it's a very internalized thing. Mm-hmm. And I know, like David Wolf, when he was on your show, talked about this, mm-hmm. and he put it, he he put it in really. Uh, fascinating terms. What was it? The the jaguar that he was talking about. Some sort well, he of was crazy. saying that it, it that it couldn't have been his brain. That he was just saying it was so vivid. That yeah, he was like this is just completely. I'm somewhere else. You definitely feel like you're tapping into something that's not like it's not like uh, oh this is a, a chemical doing something crazy to me. It's like you definitely feel like you're tapping into some sort of uh, earth energy. Mm. You know because a lot of people get these same visuals. You right. know and same experiences. The big black snake. There's the like black the snake, snake that'll yeah. show you three days from your life. I just don't rem- – I didn't really remember my experiences very well. The second time I did it was a little more intense. Um, but You're not shitting and vomiting? Um, not shitting. I heard it People around shit. me – I've heard that too. People around you are vomiting a lot, which it, it, when you think about it now, like, oh, that sounds horrible. But in the moment, you just could care less. Like yeah. you're just – you know, it's you're it's there. nice to know when you hear someone puking. It's just nice to know that you're not alone. You know, in this room, yeah. There's other people there in this experience, yeah. But there are buckets. There were buckets. There's buckets, and there's people they know taking care good. of you. Yeah, like it's it's definitely some it's some power. It's a powerful, it's a channel, powerful thing. Channel changer. It's a channel changer. Do you remember? Tell me anything you remember. I mean, I remember it. Just I remember. First time wasn't so intense, and the second time I just remember like this is the most. Uh, out of the world, out of this world experience I've ever felt. Like, and I can't remember specific visuals or any sort of revelations. A lot of people go in there with an intention. You set an intention for yourself, what you want answered, something in your life is not working, and ayahuasca will hopefully show you some sort of truths. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just kind of like lucid dreaming. Some people make their best problem solving when they're kind of like that half awake, half asleep, when they can get the true essence of whatever, you know, their, their soul's telling them. And mm-hmm. I think, and I, and I kind of went in with some sort of intention like that, and it just didn't, it didn't really, um, for me, resonate in some sort of life-changing way, but I, I was grateful I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just nice to have those experiences that, you know, remind you that, you know, that everything here is just an illusion. Like what you experience when you're on any, like that on ayahuasca, for example, that illusion is just as real as, you know, us sitting here having this conversation right, right, in right. this room. It's just a reality that we have in our memories. But um, yeah, interesting well, stuff. I, you should do that. I Yeah, maybe. I mean... I'm a little afraid, to be honest. I'm scared of that experience. Yeah? I'm afraid of having some sort of uh, fuck everything 
sort of revelation where you're like, none of this means anything. And then really getting that. I like the amount that I get that everything is nothing and the amount that I go, I have to fill out this 1090. Everything is nothing. You mean that no, none of this means anything? Yeah. That, that Did I'm, you ever do the landmark forum? What's that? Landmark forum. I don't know what that you is. You know what that is? No. Maybe I'm I do. Surprised no one's ever talked about this. Landmark here. forum. Landmark forum. Okay. So it's a um, it's a, it's a course, a group course that's given over three days. It's kind of like a um, you know a, a manual for living. It's kind of like a you ever heard of Est back in the day? Est. I think this was like a late seventies thing. Are, I'm going to write down landmark forum. Est, yeah. I wonder if it's come up before. Somewhere. I mean, I so I did I did this program and and what you said that kind of ticked off a thing for me was that the that everything is nothing. You know, I think the. One of the um, I don't want to have this be a spoiler, but one of like the the goals of the landmark form is is that you realize that you know I think that the they, they word it life is empty and meaningless you know and therefore it, and it becomes this big um, reveal for you because all these things that we get hung up with in our life and we attach meaning to and these relationships and all these things like are things that we make up we invent you know mm. what I mean we make up uh, so much of things that's really not real. But we, we treat it as real. And um, what it uncovers is that, you know, life is this empty container and you get to choose what you put into it and you get to choose what means something and what doesn't, you know. And you should choose things that um, that do you a service and not things that weigh you down. Mm-hmm. And and that's probably the worst, like, in a nutshell summation of oh, it I because it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. It's like a three-day course. It's a... It reminds me, I haven't done the whole course. Surprised no one's ever brought up Landmark Forum on. Yeah, me, me, me weird. too. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit. I didn't do the whole thing. I did, uh, course in Miracles, just the lessons. Have you ever heard of that? A course in who's whose is that? A Course in Miracles is that a uh, uh, what's her name? I'm, I forget who wrote it. Katie, could Diane, I guess. Uh, something. The story that I heard. Yeah. And I love this story, and I really want it to be true. Is that a woman was hearing a voice in her head? Jewish woman, mm-hmm. and uh, it wouldn't stop talking. And then uh, the voice identified itself as Jesus, which mm-hmm. is weird because she's not religious uh, and not even Christian. Helen Schuchman. Helen Schuchman. Course in Miracles, okay. And then she, uh, someone suggested to get the voice to stop to write down what it's saying. And so okay. she was like, okay. So she sits down, and the first thing the voice says is, this is A Course in Miracles, and you should take notes. Is that, is that, and so wow. she writes this huge book. Reserve the URL. Right uh, the, the voice knows all that sort of <laughs> stuff. Marketing. So uh-huh. she writes this really uh, thick, dense, very, very, in my opinion, hard-to-read book. But at the end, there's uh, lessons, 365 lessons. And again, not to spoil it, but I, I was doing it. But, you know, it just didn't feel like the right time for me to be doing something like this. It just wasn't my jam mm-hmm. for that time. It's a, it's a book, a course, like a you self-guided can, you, course? You can get it. Or I you can go to uh, sessions like they hold. Uh... You do it yourself. Look, I'm taking out my phone and I'm going to show you the app right there. So this is the app. And if I hit the workbook and lesson. So the voice said, get a good app developer. Uh, <laughs> well, this is much, much after that. Uh a meaningless world engenders fear was lesson 13. That's how far a I got. A meaningless world engenders fear. fear. So that, and then there's a little explanation of what that means, and you're just supposed to meditate on that for the day. Got it. But it starts like this. It's kind of like look around the room and be like, this table means nothing. This, you're just, it, it just says look at blank means nothing. Justin means nothing. This glass means nothing. That door means nothing. That recycled wood means nothing. That's day one, basically. Okay. Day two is... 
that thing, this thing, just in the glass, the wood, only has meaning because I give it meaning. So it's kind of like what you're saying. It's there's this letting go mm-hmm. and embracing how everything seems to be somewhat without any meaning, and that's depressing. Right. And then you just I thought you did it quite lovely. Well, good. It was, I feel that, like what I did was I almost like it's kind of like. Oh, what's Sixth Sense about? Okay, well, everyone's dead and, you know, so it's like you, I, I feel like, right. which is true, but I feel like I'm, you know, without the full context of what you learn over these three days, it doesn't make that final revelation as, as important, you know, so I don't want it to, I don't want it to sound like I, that's what it's all about, you know. What I mean? All the but, great mystics have a beautiful embracing of, of the meaninglessness of things and then realizing how that it, it enables you to get to the meaning behind those right. things. Uh, you know, Ram Dass talks about the the great ice cream cone in the sky and how you need to realize it's melting. You know what I mean? Like you can't have the ice cream cone; it's melting. And I've said this many times that the Buddha said that the world is on fire. Everything's on fire. Everything's ending. That was his big breakthrough: was I breathe in, I breathe out. That's how things go. I come in and then I leave. You know what I mean? I live, I die. I'm born, I die. You're born dead. All this sort of stuff seems crazy, but then you realize that there's a liberation to it, embracing it instead of being afraid of it realizing that that's going to happen to you and 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 then realizing you can shape like you were saying you can shape your reality right and it's all a choice like it's it's just whatever you choose and i think the freedom comes out of making a choice i know myself i'll get myself hung up on uh floundering about something you know what i mean but real yep. power comes in just making a decision and going forward yep and just knowing that there's no wrong choice yep you know what i mean i do know what you mean chocolate or vanilla chocolate okay i'll have chocolate there you go there you go and that's what I think is interesting about romantic love is when you join with somebody, I think that, and that's what, one of the, another Course in Miracles thing is that every relationship is really a relationship with God, which is why things upset us more than they ought to and why they uh, can make us elated more than they ought to, Cer- certainly in a romantic relationship. And if you don't want to say God, you could say uh, love, your mother, your mother's love, mm-hmm. the idea of the, the, the love that brought you into this world sort of thing. So when somebody like betrays your love and breaks your heart, it hurts worse than – it's greater than the sum of the parts. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that hurts me more than it ought to because it's a betrayal of something I'm aching for on a much, much deeper than my reason level. So it tries to help you realize that. But what's interesting about when a new relationship forms, and I think that's what's so great artistically about – uh, you know, you could do it in a relationship, but there's also something powerful about starting over new relationships. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily something to be afraid of, um, is when you're, you get to be the architect of a certain type of love, and that's your romantic love. And you're like, how are we going? And people think I'm going to bring up polyamory. I'm not. But how are we, if you're dating this person, going to make this one mind, the mind of the relationship together? What kind of reality, what kind of precepts, what kind of rules are we going to put in here? What does love mean to you? That's why wedding vows are so stirring. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we're watching two you're things. Creating the, you're laying out the ground rules. Like what? Yeah. You're, becoming one. Yeah. You're building a, you know, a government. You know? you're we're building a consciousness. A, yeah. You're creating a, a list of laws. You know what what I mean? kind of mind will this thing have? And that's what makes it so invigorating. And when you meet somebody that is like, I want our love to be stretching and safe or whatever it is, or I want it to be... Uh, free, but also uh, owning each other, you know, mm-hmm. the, that sort of pleasure too. Um, and again, that's not a polyamory reference. I'm just saying that's what makes that such a special, and I would say spiritual practice. Yeah. Right on? Right on, brother man. <laughs> right on. So you did a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's the button on that. Oh, good um, times. 
And well, I guess we could talk about the the girl a little bit. Did I leave any strand there? Which girl? My my girlfriend. The current girlfriend. Current girlfriend. What did she do? Uh, she's a photographer. Artistic. Artistic. Into it. Actually, met her here at at Meltdown for the first time. She no was fooling. photographing the Nerdist Channel launch party. Hey. She was like the red carpet photographer, and I had a, like a, a web series on the Nerdist Channel. She was here, and we actually have a photograph that somebody took of her taking a picture of me. So we have the photograph of the moment we met. Love it. Which is pretty cool. That is have. great. Yeah. I framed it, gave it to her for Christmas. So you've been together? Uh, 10 months. 10 months. Yeah, 10 months. <laughs> That's a good time. 10 months is a good time. That's a good time. Have you met her, Katie? Yeah. So you're into it. I'm into it. Now I'm with, into it. She's lovely. Without what what happened with the last one? Because that's interesting to me. Yeah. And again, going back, I don't think relationships to me should be afraid of discussing things like them ending. I actually think one of the most loving things you can say is, I am aware that these things can run their course or whatever the gross thing you want to say. Uh, but I will always be grateful for this experience, and I will never like I'm this. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that's kind of that enlightenment thing. Like things die. That's okay. Yeah. I'm I mean, the worst thing you do is probably just drag it out because you're afraid of hurting somebody. Saying. And that's you don't want to let. Yeah, and you don't want things to die. Yeah. So, like, with, with, my, with my last girlfriend, we kind of, you know, broke up once. I kind of broke it off at one point because I kind of just didn't know if I was still in it. And then we were broken up for, like, two months. And then I was, like, I caved and we got back together again because I still loved her. It was, like, hard. You don't know what to do with those feelings. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's hard when uh, – when someone becomes your your lover, but also your your best friend, because you know you, you talk to them about the most intimate things, to then like just never talk to them again, and then it's so a slippery slope. Well, uh, we can still be friends because we have so much invested, but you can't. Um, anyway, it because it, of the boning, because of the boning, <laughs> the boning. Yeah, yeah that's our thing. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, I that's need your advice difference. on something, but first, yeah, 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 yeah. let's bone. <laughs> she, um, you know, I, th- I think I just. Fell out of it before she, she did, and uh, and it was it's a hard breakup. Like because it's really hard for me is because you get so invested in in these people, and I'd like to be friends with my exes, you know. And um, she, my ex girlfriend, never really understood that because in order for her to get over relationships, I think she had to like really just cut it off. Mm. You know what I mean? Because of that, because of that slippery slope, and I I just never operate that way. So what made it hard is that I was always I would always kind of reinitiate contact or just check in, which is confusing, I'm told. I guess that sends mixed messages. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It, yeah. But we're good now. She actually I did a show. She I did my Largo show last week and she she came. Oh, really? Yeah. See Brought that a guy? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was good. Okay. It was cool. It is cool. I like it. I don't it, – well, what we're talking about – it's something interesting to me about love is loving people the way that you want to be loved, which is so trite. It's so obvious. But again, it's one of those things like the Freemasons hidden in plain sight. It's like why – you love this person, the person you broke up with. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't – you would want you to find somebody else and go to a magic show yeah. at Largo. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's so basic. It's, it's mind-blowing. But if – but I was kind of the one who, you know, made sure that the breakup – Stay to break up this time, mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, and, and so, so if you're the one who wanted the breakup to happen, I think it's easier for you to mentally move on and then be like, oh, I want her to be happy. So it's probably much harder for her to be happy for me being happy with somebody else because you know you still want that person to be you. You know what I mean? Yep. But um, but 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 yeah, you if you really love that, I, I keep in touch with. In fact, my my very first girlfriend, the one who would take the doves and put them on the perch, mm-hmm. she came to my show in, in New York a couple weeks ago. She has three kids, 
and and we kind of have a lovely thing where I'm really happy that she's you know happily married. And Can I put this thing. at you? Yeah, put I it at me. I think the fewer needs you have, the more you're able to reach levels like that, levels of maturity. Meaning, here's a guy. I'm I'm a young guy, and it's my first love. And she breaks my heart and she wants to be friends. I'm not ready, right? Why? Mm -hmm. Because I need what she was giving me and I'm not getting it anymore. But if you're a guy, especially if you did the breaking up and then you have somebody else and your life is fulfilled in that way, it's easier for you to be friends with that other person because you don't have that need for them. Right. You know what I mean? So the more work you do on yourself and the more work I'll just keep, keep it to myself. The more work I do on myself and the more fulfilled I feel creatively, the more fulfilled I feel physically, mentally, spiritually, all the different things, the more capable I am of being good friends with my ex-girlfriend. You know, Jamie is one of my best friends. I love her to death. That was a preposterous notion uh, two years ago when I was with a girl who, who would have stabbed me in the face yeah. for saying her name. Well, you know what it is? Maybe is and, uh, I bought, and I bought into that because I poured that into my own brain. Well, the more evolved you are and maybe the better you are at breaking up, you know what I mean? The more you do it with dignity and, and love, yeah. you know, like yeah. the, it, it, then you're not showing, like I have, I have friends who, who will become people that they really hate, say things that they hate and regret to these people in, in the course of a breakup. And I think those things, because they know that those words have come out of their mouths and they behaved in this way that they're now ashamed of, having a relationship with that person further just reminds them of that yeah. darkness of them being yeah. this person that they don't like you know what i mean yeah so if you're able to be proud of the way that you broke something up then maybe then then it's no problem the proud of the whole thing going back to the vows and the merging of love romantic love being the merging and the birth of a new consciousness which is the one that you share together when i say consciousness i just mean identity so mm-hmm. don't think i'm being that new agey I'm just saying this thing that you're building together. if you are i'm, I'm with you I'm i know you are okay, i said that for the like one it. person that was hovering over the delete uh-huh. button <laughs> so i'm just saying when you yes uh god i'm losing the thought too many bits it's okay. So no, when, no, you're no, creating, no. when you're creating a new consciousness with somebody, if you do that well, it was something about like you can move on from it well. It, it, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you were if saying, you built this house, you can take it apart together. And it's a thing, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. When I was in a thing and I was being, when I was in my go-to bad relationship, I was not behaving in a way that I like. So when you're merging into a thing and when you're in love, you're like, I'm you, you're me. You know what I mean? Not not necessarily out loud, but you, f- you feel like the same person. Mm-hmm. You've merged into this new thing. You're a new person. You're walking on the clouds. Everything makes sense. Now, if then when you break up with somebody, you're breaking up with a part of you, really. So when you shit the bed and when you contaminate it and when you have those moments, like you were saying, where you're not at your best yeah. and you start being a person that you don't even recognize anymore and you never intended to like, so now you're merging with this person has gone toxic and you need to get out. Every breakup that I've had was a breakup partly with the girl, but I'm going to say majority was a breakup with the person that I was with them. And then what I just told you was so exciting about a new person was how can we now be the architects of a better me and a better you that is informed with the ones that you were before and is now going to be better than those ones? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like a trial and error. It's like you you learn what works and what doesn't every time. And, yes. you know, I mean, it's like, you know, cooking, a you know, some sort of a dish. You're going to fuck it up a couple of times because you yeah. put in too much of this or too much of that. And you just got to keep, you know, you got to throw that one out. That's right. I and, think there's... And, some- and learn from that. And therefore, you... You know, and then, you know, right now I feel like I've gotten pretty good at whatever this relationship entree is. And and it's because of past girlfriends and me figuring out 
what I do that really fuck things up and yeah. you know maybe what traits that I didn't realize I need that I didn't look for and then now I've kind of got the recipe down hopefully knock on wood yeah yeah and that was a great way to end it but I'm going to throw this at you okay and becoming more and more honest with what you want with what what it does what does it for you yeah I always go to my my ex-wife that was my first relationship really not really. It was my first relationship. I had, you know, gone out on dates and, and made out with other girls, but this was like my first real one. And I look back on that, and I don't say this to, her, to hurt her feelings, and I would say it to her. In fact, it was part of our breakup. We kind of talked about it. She wasn't really my type. I thought that she was very beautiful, you know, and, and, and cute, and she pleased me greatly. But then, like, every, ever since then, there's been, like, an inching. And I don't know why it's inching. It's me that's slowing myself down and inching towards what I actually like. You know what I mean? Personality-wise, I know it sounds like I just mean physically because I was talking beauty, beautiful this way, that way. But it's, it's also physical, but it's also personality. It's also intellectual. It's also just, like, what kind of uh, energy are you to me? Do you calm me down? Do you freak me out? Do you make me more comfortable or less comfortable? Mm-hmm. Who's the alpha? Unfortunately, I'm learning that I enjoy being the alpha, but then I also get tired of being the alpha. That's my bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, we're figuring out what we want. What we want, point. yeah. And, and being honest to that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of what we want, like I'm often a people pleaser, so I am, uh, you know, honesty is so important, but sometimes I will... Uh, you know, maybe won't speak up to the things that really bug me because I don't want to hurt them. It's just that same thing we we're talking about, maybe not breaking up mm-hmm. because you don't want to hurt them. Um, you know, I'm all over you that. You got to figure it out. You do have to figure it out. Yeah. And that honesty, honesty is always better. And then that's another thing where it's like, I always think the exercise that's helpful is just imagine that person being honest to you in the way that you want to be honest to them. And like, you'll work it out. It'll be okay. You know what I mean? Maybe that needs an example. But let's say like you want to fucking swimsuits. Like that's the thing that turns you on the most. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't freak me out in the least. Right. Do you understand right. how that takes it away from it being like some weird perversion and into this three-dimensional malleable thing where it's like it could come from them. And if it did, I would be okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could have said something more perverted. But I'm glad you could You could have? I definitely could have. <laughs> well, uh, you know. Yeah. Um <laughs> you felt you were hosting the show in a second. I was like, you don't have to um there, it'll be okay. Okay, all right. It's so fucking hot in this new room. No, Katie. It's okay. We're almost done. It's it's completely done. You don't have to open the door. You do whatever you want. She's doing it. She doesn't care. I just want to shit on the new space. Why did they build a new space? Are there that's no vents? Hotter than the old space. Can we record in the These old are space? not really cement walls. These are made to oh, we can? look like. Maybe that's what we'll... Oh, there we go. That feels good. It is... Oh, okay, you know, you don't break my heart. It is exciting, and I'm glad... I'm Justin, happy to help break it in. Justin was this is fun. First, it's amazing. Not the first You Made It Weird, the first any podcast. That's wild. This room. Honored. Let's, Honored. Let's go over... I, I just wrote down Kate Upton, Force Universe. Kate Upton, Force, Palming, Universe, Squirting. Obama. Uh, the Landmark Forum. Fleegan, Penn and Teller. Fleegan, Yeah. You you performed for Obama. I did perform for Obama. How was that? Oh man! Um, so I was doing his. The White House has a Halloween party for the families of the staff and some military families. So I got uh, asked to kind of do do my show, like a family friendly show. Uh, I mean, b- biggest honor ever because I love Obama. Like I'm a big fan. Sure. Um, 
Did you say that when you met him? Big I, fan. Big fan. I did say a big fan. You did? Big fan, yeah. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> uh, when I met him, you'll get a kick out of this. I, uh, I, um, he was wearing a, a fleece jacket yep. with an open pocket. So I kind of I, I put a card in his pocket. Okay. Secret service watching. Yeah, everybody watching. Like they, they so and they don't really, they can't pay you to, to do a show at the White House. So their payment for you is that you get to have a photo with the president and the first lady, which is fantastic for me. Yeah. Okay. They gave me a hotel and you get a photo. And yep. you get yourself there on your own dime and you get to tell the story forever. Huh. I'm happy. Now when so, you say you put a card in his pocket, I'll secret, tell you where, yeah, secret, secret yeah. You are telling the amazing story. Yeah. So so I got a card in his pocket. And you slipped a, po- a, a card because in his Because you kind pocket? of do this thing. You kind of, you kind of do the forward handshake and then turn for a photo. So I kind of turned and kind of popped it in. And Did like this, okay? you run that by the Secret Service? No, 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 no. 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 So, but the, so I did the photo before the show. So I did the photo and then... And then, and then I'm like, ah, oh, maybe the maybe the card will stay there. I don't know. Maybe he'll find it. And be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. But anyway, so then I'm doing the show an hour later, and for one of the bits, I, I you know have someone on stage pick a card, so I force that card. Okay. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I don't remember what the card was. We'll say King of Clubs, or whatever. And um, the card disappears. You know what I mean? And whatever. I don't remember the exact manner, but the card disappears. And I said, Mr. President, stand up, please. And he's in the audience, like two tables away. Reach into your inside right jacket pocket, and he pulled out the card. So it was, a, it became a miracle. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Obama, Obama. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, in that story, just the story, I was nervous that he found it and threw it away. Well, here's, and he, I knew I would be okay either way because there's, there's a joke. I mean, it's kind of a hacky joke, but like if I said, Pete, reach in your pocket, in your left pocket, do you feel the card? Yeah, you know, that would have been awesome, and then it gets a laugh. So I knew that I had the laugh there. Yeah, but it was so much better with with the card there. Oh, yeah, I was very God. proud of myself. Thank you for sharing that. I was very proud that of myself. Is so anxiety reducing for me. Yeah, yeah. Just but I was so nervous that. during that show. I mean, because you're. It was like it was. It was like my kids' show birthday party days. Because you're literally yeah. in someone's living room. You know what That's I mean? It's so much smaller good. than you think it is. Yeah. Did he love it? Loved it. And he said he loved the show. He said he loved the show. He was great. Secret Service afterwards was like, "How did you? When did of course, you do that. I mean, he probably of course. fired. They were all kind of them. pissed. Yeah, he probably. He probably got them. rid of all of them. I know. I know. Great trick. Great trick. Great trick. Hey, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's ballsy, man. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. One last magic question. Yeah. Here's what I love about magic is that it's playing, mm-hmm. and here's what I uh, what I still do. You made me realize. We sometimes talk about uh, – I've, I've been very open about like I pretend I'm a sniper when I'm falling asleep. I love being armed and up high. Uh, I don't shoot people. I just like having the gun. Mm-hmm. Two, I love pretending I'm a, the world's greatest basketball player. Okay. To fall asleep, you do these things. It's just calming. It's okay. just like a fun fantasy. Cool. The third one is, is I like to think of what would the best magic trick in the world be, mm-hmm. meaning – you think like it sounds like amazing, like I make your clothes disappear by snapping my fingers or, or you're like I'm on fire and then I go, but like there, there's so many possibilities to take classic tropes. Like I'll, I'll give you one. Here's, here's my, because I've done this so many times. Mm-hmm. Here's mine. I have a deck of playing cards that you gave me. Yep. Because fuck that trick deck shit. This is yep. your deck. What's your favorite trick deck? What's my favorite trick deck? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I don't use trick decks. Pete. There you go. <laughs> I love Svengali is pretty good. Yeah, Ooh, stripper. You like the stripper? Yeah, the stripper. yeah. So good. Yeah, I love that deck. 
You should buy that deck. Those are the three magic assignments. No, stripper deck's great. It's, um, when people think trick deck, you think you couldn't play cards with it. You could play cards with a, tr- a stripper but deck. But that's the thing. No one would know. The the goal then is to – because you can do everything you can do with a trick deck with sleight of hand, obviously. So that that's – the best is being able to obviously do magic and then you know use a borrowed deck and right, get right, back right, or right, something right. like that. But right. yeah, stripper deck's pretty But pretty, you're going to be – we'll talk about that off. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to get – I, I want to be invited to the Magic Castle, not banned from the Magic Castle for my stupid things. <laughs> um, anyway, um, mine is this. So I take a deck. I have you pick a card. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have you uh, look at the card. I have you put the card back. And then you just – it's very simple. I say, uh, what was your card? And you say it was the four diamonds or whatever. And I turn over and they're all four diamonds or whatever. Just that. Just I think that, that would be incredible. That's pretty doable. You could probably do that. So if you could do anything in the world, that's what you'd do. No, because I want to keep it in the realm of – is that a Svengali deck? No, it's a regular deck. (laughs) Just making sure I had a deck. Are you going to do – do you want to do (laughs) – No, before I came, I actually took a different – Can we grab my my sweater over there? Yeah, thank you. My lovely assistant, Katie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, No, before I – you're not going to believe me, but I took one card out of a of a deck and I turned it over. So there's one card askew. Yeah. In this deck, what what card do you think it is, Pete? Because I just said the four diamonds. Four diamonds. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Have you like is this? Have you said that on the show before? Like no. The that's dreams? my that's my example for that trick right now of a great trick. Okay. So check this out. One card in the deck facing the other way. I can confirm that that's happened. And it's red. I, you son of a bitch. Right? <laughs> it's a podcast radio. Pod, theater and of it, the mind, Pete. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. That is fantastic. So dream bigger, Pete. This trick's going to be done. Dream bigger. <laughs> All right. I don't want to put it to you. Yeah. We could together I... figure out the best trick in the world. For example. Mm-hmm. Levitating you right Fli- now. Yeah, well, flying but is... But not me, you. Levitating me. You. you, Me levitating me. If you're the magician, uh-huh. you make me levitate off the ground. That's amazing trick. That's amazing. Right. Scary. That'd be scary. It would be terrifying. Yeah. N- I wouldn't like it. Um, but that's why... I, that's turning why I invisible smaller. would be amazing. Just instantly vanishing would be fantastic. I think about that too. You know? But I've seen people do tricks where at the end the, the deck of cards vanishes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like... Um, that's not quite the same. Because... <laughs> but like Copperfield, you know, some of his great tricks, it's like if you could dream up anything, you know, he's kind of done it. So like what is... What's the impossible trick, I guess? Like yeah. what, what is something that's too... Too amazing for a magician to actually create the illusion and then you of doing have to it. Reverse engineer it. The impossible trick. Well, that's like that's the best part about coming up with new magic is that you don't start with like, what do I know how to do, and now what can I do with it? It's like, what do you want to do? And yep. then no matter what what the desired effect is, there's a way to make it happen. Right. So that's actually fun to work with work with people to come up with that stuff. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be our trick. You borrow my iPhone. Okay. You take it in your hands. You snap it in half. Through the middle. Mm-hmm. So everyone freaks out. Two pieces. I'm holding now two You're now holding iPhones. two halves of an iPhone. Uh-huh. And then, of course, the prestige. We have to put it back. Yeah. And then we do. And then when you turn the phone on, there's the video of the trick that just happened. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty good. <laughs> no, the video part was just... We for, could do, you could do that. For comedy. A broken, you could do iPhone. that. Yeah. That sounds like something... 
Again, I, I want to talk to you in magic. I want to speak to Michael in Italian for a moment. Uh-huh. But, I, you know, I know there are David Blaine tricks like that. A basic thing. I borrow your thing. I swap it for a thing. Mm-hmm. I do a thing with that thing that's impossible. And then that when it's back to you, it's another thing. Right. Is that too much to say? No, it's not too much to say. Again, it's all me. You're so, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And, and we're being respectful. So borrowing your iPhone and with misdirection, kind of swapping it for an iPhone. Which is the brilliant. We've, we've, you know, yeah, exactly. That's the, the brilliant thing is that people, when they tell it back, it's their iPhone, you know. Right. So that's how people remember it is, is what it's all about. Can I tell you my favorite magic trick? Yes, Pete. You're going to love it. That you've ever seen, you mean? No, that I do on the regular. Okay. And t- teach people how to do on the regular. I'm going to teach people how to do it on this podcast. If you drop a coin, and I bet oh. you've seen this, oh, yeah. you have. Well, let me let me stop right there. Let You're going to have me do it? No, let me just. Can I just see if this is the yeah, same okay, thing? Is something I do all the time? Is oop? Oh, I'm sorry. So Pete, I think it's this. I'm just gonna. It's the trick that I do. It's the best trick. It's the best trick. It's the best trick. That do you do you think? Can we tell people how to do it? Yeah. But it's really something – well, yeah, you can, tell, you can tell people how to do it. I love talking about m- magic that people can't see. I'll tell you. I actually, <laughs> we actually just went on this last tour. We recorded the last few shows audio, and I'm going to release like a live album. Yeah. An audio recording of a magic show. Oh, that's fun. The Sound of Magic. That's fun. Yeah. That's like Steve Martin's thing. It's too visual. Yeah. And the- well, my favorite bits from like comedy albums are when clearly like something physical is happening that you can't see – we say this all the time. He my goes, mind is like, oh, well, what is that thing he's I'm doing? I'm going to sa- suck this piano into my lungs. There. What exactly. did he do? Nothing? Exactly. Did he do nothing? I don't know. I, was, I don't you, know. You can show me that it's... Yeah. I kind of don't want to. What the fuck? Did you just do it again? Yeah, buddy. But the second time I fell for it, now I kind of don't want to okay. tell people. I don't the know. Coin trick. Well, it's that's one of those things that uh, that I, I'm. That's more amazing when you accidentally drop a coin and you're able to do that. But that's why I do. Let, you can't do here's, this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'll show Justin. you. Oops. Yes. And here's what I'm going to do, Justin. Here's the concession I'm going to make mm-hmm. because it goes back to the spirit of magic that we're discussing. There is a trick that I find that you just did to me twice, and the second time I fell for it. Mm-hmm. So natural. It involves a coin. It involves dropping it, and it involves it vanishing. Yeah. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah. And if or just you, think about it. I mean, or think about it. it. But that's a perfect example of how can I, while doing a magic move, mimic exactly what you do if you're picking up a coin. And it's perfect and it's easy. Exactly. And, and that's the one that whenever it comes up, I do it, and then people like it, and then I show them how to do it. Just yeah. those two people. Love that trick. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Favorite great. trick. Great trick. Also love the trick. I'm Sleight of foot, if you will. Sleight of foot. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. The three-card Monte is one of my favorite. I know that Color Monte, I believe it's Color Monte, 14 bucks. I do it with a queen of spades, and I say, the bitch got you. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Customized. And I do it. This is going to be inside baseball. I do it. You have to represent the ace twice Mm -hmm. to say you have two red aces. Yes. I use the diamond. Do you understand what I'm saying? I use. I know what you're saying. So you're saying that people don't notice that they're seeing two different suits. I find that the heart stands out more. You see the heart, and you go like, oh, the heart. You remember the heart, yeah. Red. Diamond's just a symmetrical, symmetrical thing. That thing. I yeah. will. I would talk about magic with you. I like this. This is fun. For real. We'll do it. Like the real talk. I just mean like I, I, I'm being real that I would like to have that conversation. Okay. And we We will. should go to the Magic Castle sometime. I am there. Yeah. I'll show you the room Houdini died in. He died at the Magic Castle? No. 
But you thought it for a second. <laughs> yes, I did. You did think it for a second. TJ Miller took me there and showed me the cigar boxes, WC Fields. Yeah, amazing. And they've got WC Fields' uh, pool table and his trick pool cues. So cool. So cool. Please take me. I would love to. I want them to give me a membership on the grounds that I did a bit in Defensive Magic. That, uh, that bit, it, magicians love that bit. Oh, thank you. You're well quoted within the magic community Please for that bit. tell them. I insist. Yeah, I think that could just be your application. <laughs> I'll just send them your Conan set. I'll do Color Monty and I'll do Old Coin Drop. Yeah, you could prep. Good. I'm trying to think of the other good table. You know what other trick I like? Again, this is visual, but if this were a fork, you go like that. Oh, yeah. To bend it. Yeah. It's so great. Classic. It's how you do it, though. You know what I mean? You can show someone that trick. They never do it. They're, they do it too fast. I'm like, it takes that imagination. Like, what would it, there would be resistance in the fork. Fork bending. Look it up. Fork bending. Again, I don't say that with disdain. I'm like, if this Banishing sort of, salt shaker. You know that one? I do it with a coin. Yes. Yeah. The coin and then the salt shaker and, and then, then the napkin. Yeah. yeah, it's such a good trick. Great trick. Still do it. I People still it. do it. Yeah. Justin, those are the two tricks I do. And I'm not like always doing magic. Those two. And if you want to look up how to extinguish a cigarette in your hand, that is the one. That's a great trick. That blows people's dicks off. Yeah. I would actually love to see. Can I see your, your thing? My thing? I don't. Yeah. This is the part that people can just You know, that's like, what this pocket is for, is for the thing. Ah, really I thought it was is. for an iPod, uh, iPad mini. <laughs> so here's the thing. If I'm put, this is, I, I don't care. Theater of the mind. We're doing it. If I put a thing in this thing, uh-huh. and then I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. The, the thing that becomes tricky is I now have to do that. Ah. Do you understand? Yes. So how do you stream? But if you think about that, if you're putting a handkerchief in your fist, like yeah. you would never in real life use your thumb to poke. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you kind of do this, 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 and and then in one of those poking motions, do that. No, kick it out the you back. shut your mouth. And then that is so good. Yeah. It's so much better. See, that's what I'm saying. This There's is a the sound million- of magic. There's that's a million the there's a million ways to tell a joke or do a trick and everybody does it different and that's what makes it so exciting. When you see someone like Ron Funches be like, I watched that cinnamon angel you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. who talks that way? Right. Why did Mitch Hedberg talk that way? Why did Seinfeld talk that way? It's just so great. Basic basic ingredients done differently. Yeah. That's Olive Garden. That's our sponsor tonight. Olive Garden, I love it. Uh, let's wrap it up with the God. Uh, we kind of talked about it. You seem like talk you're about God. Yeah, you seem like you're kind of on the same like um, place as me, more or less. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't really believe in God, but I don't not believe in God. Like I'd love, I'd love to believe, but I haven't. Here's like fact: something happened <clears throat> where I I went from. You know how like like you're like I don't really believe in God, but then if you're about to die, you'd be like, I'm gonna pray just to be safe. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and I, I was, uh, my girlfriend and I were in New Zealand and we were about to touch down in Christchurch and it was super turbulent. Like, mm-hmm. and she was kind of freaking out, squeezing my arm. And we go to touch down and then we immediately take off again. You know what I mean? I've done that. So it's one of those, it's pretty freaky. It rarely happens. Oh, it was a tra- traumatic. And normally, moment. I remember in the past, like, normally that's when I would have been like, okay, all right, dear God, please. You know, and yeah. I didn't this time. And I felt like that was kind of, I was like, wow, I must really not believe in God. Mm-hmm. If, if I didn't just touching you know, the void try style. to throw a Hail Mary. Exactly. Did you see Touching the Void? I didn't see Touching the Void. Guy falls off a crevasse uh-huh. in Antarctica, doesn't cry out to God, and he survives, and he's like, that's how I know I'm an atheist. People talk about being atheist. I'm like, 
I couldn't find water for seven days or whatever. I'm an atheist. Yeah. Like, I never asked for help. A lot of magicians are atheists, I think. Like, it kind of maybe goes back to that disenchanted uh, idealist, you yep. know, as we really want there to be something more, and you realize that this thing that you were so fascinated and truly believed. You're kind of blowing my mind because my appreciation for religion is very similar to my appreciation of magic. Really? Like, I want to believe. I told you several times that I want to believe that the guy found the thing with mm-hmm. muscle, muscle reading and stuff, and I also want to know where the strings are. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, that's how, I mean, I mean, magicians could start some great religions. I mean, that's, I bet they're good. that's kind of how it starts. Yeah. That water to wine trick. That was a, it's a classic. That was a classic. Open strong. Open strong. But close big. Re- he resurrection. big, man. You can't a, beat that. That's a big one. Yeah. He's not going to do the vanishing thumb tip after that nope. one. No. <laughs> no, no. That was in the middle. Yeah. 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 So you want to believe? You so don't I want to believe. believe. I would love to, you know, I would love, I would love for there to be something more. But for me personally, all evidence is just pointing to that not being the case at the moment. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. That's but I'm spiritual. I believe I believe there's there's some magic in the earth. I I, I things are too beautiful to be random, you know? Mm-hmm. But um but I I really don't I I don't know what what that god would say or look like. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. You're with me? Yeah, maybe maybe the eye of god is just a black hole. <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sending us all out to expe- expel energy and be sent back to yeah, it. Yeah, my girlfriend just says we're all sacks of carbon. You know, that's all we are, which is kind of sad to me. So I kind of like, I, yeah. I get I get that. I like that she can be so confident in <clears throat> in her lack of faith. But, um, but it's kind of a bummer at the same time. I love the true detective quote where he says, the hubris it must take to yank a soul out of non-existence into this meat. I'm with your girlfriend up to this extent. I go, I resent that I was put into this sack of carbon sometimes. Not most of the time, but sometimes I'm just like, what a drag that I'm in this thing. I feel like a spiritual being mm-hmm. that has to shit and eat. And, and one so, day die. And wants to fucking hit on that girl in the juice yeah. place. I resent my impulses. You know what I mean? And, the, and, of course, the death being a big one. But then I've, you know, very conveniently constructed a reality or perhaps uncovered the truth let's hope it's the latter where i'm like nope i'm here because this is what i'm supposed to do mm-hmm. this is how i'm supposed to experience things and, and then i'll go back to some sort make of make it the best sack of carbon possible fucking yeah day. yeah man yeah that's it that's the best ending in the world <laughs> are you satisfied you feel good i'm satisfied i feel good i feel great man this is awesome i and- wasn't looking forward to telling you about my hardest laugh because oh, i know oh, you would please. dig it it was when I, I saw steve martin at the hollywood bowl Yes. With the, with the band. Yes. And I went in there. People told me, oh, you know, just so you know, it's, it's not going to be Steve Martin you want to see. Yeah. I was like, all right. Well, I still just want to see Steve Martin. And he was hilarious. Really? Crushed it. He did? He did like five, you know, five minutes between every song. Like just destroying. Like his old stuff. Just like just new random things, you know, stuff with the band. You know, he'd be like, ah, oh, here we are. You know, it's good to go on the road, play these roadside honky tonks. You know, he's at the Hollywood Bowl. You know, it's uh, some good jokes. He's yeah. like, people say to me, Steve, why music? Why now? And I say, you guys are my band. Uh, um, you know, funny stuff like that. Uh, and he was just—it was maybe it was because my expectations were so low that it was. But just, isn't that that goes back to the purest form, the storyteller in the end? That's what he is. Low expectations. Yeah. And it's the third act of Dust Till Dawn. Holy shit! There's vampires. There you go. Steve Martin at the ball, dust till dawn. It's the same thing. Deal with it, baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. You Thanks, Pete. Say keep it crispy and we'll get out of here. Keep it crispy. I'll see you at the Magic Castle. Pete, let's do it. I'm going with you. And I'm, I'm going to see that double lift. It sucks. My I double can't lift wait. sucks. Wait till you see mine.
Okay. It's horrible. If you show me yours, I'll show you mine. Here comes my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do a dainty. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. That was great. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 